I mean. So, South Pancake Fair, and joining me tonight on the stack, I have professionally loud Brandon Hamilton. And you can see them um, in Wrestler's Lab, Blitzkrieg Pro, um, Industrial World Wrestling, among among others. Yes, among others. On the street sometimes, you know, under bridges, uh, oftentimes asking for loose change. You can just find me places. And in addition to being an on-screen talent as like a host or a ring announcer, I know you also do some behind-the-scenes stuff, um, including including photography, because that's that's where I met you. That's where we met. Doing photography. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we that's where we met. Was me right? just being like, oh hey Nick, I stand here. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and that like, wait, me. My favorite part was my thinking that I had met you at one point. And you're like, that wouldn't have happened. I live in the middle in the Midwest. And I was like, huh. Okay, well, now we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I never stopped tweeting. So you feel like you've already met me. Good point. I I tweet incessantly. It's a thing that I do. <laughs> but everybody in chat, please welcome Brandon Hamilton. Hey. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody out there on the internet. Thank you for having me, truly. Uh, I, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for wanting to hang out with me tonight. Shoot. I mean, <laughs> what do I got going on? Well, <laughs> I'm, not, yeah. I'm not cool. <laughs> right? What, what do I do? I'm hanging out. Us, us nerds will hang out together, I guess. Yeah, man. <laughs> I started but, Skyrim again today. What am I doing with my life? Nothing. I'm sorry, you started what? Skyrim, the the the, the oh. game. Like I started, I was like, oh, I'll just casually start that up again. Like it's not gonna eat eighty hours of my life at some point. I was just gonna ask, like, can you play that casually? Like, I don't see. I don't think so, and I've, I've convinced myself <laughs> otherwise. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you for taking time away from Skyrim to talk with me tonight. I appreciate having you here. I'm so excited to talk with you. Um, as you're kind of talking about. I met you in Dallas for the first time, but we've been we've been following each other on Twitter for longer than that. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, for a while, for a while now, we definitely like Twitter back and forth and stuff. But yeah, then uh, it's so funny we met at that show because that was that was me just like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to that show. I think, yeah, 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 I'm gonna go to that show. And then yeah, I was glad because it was such an awesome time, and I got to meet you, and we had we had a great, awesome time watching the show together. Oh, that show is great, and that was totally last minute for um, for me as well. So it was kind of like, <laughs> I'm funny how that here. Works. And I'm like, I feel like I should go to more wrestling. I know I've already been to 12 shows, but I right. could go to more shows. Right. So why, why not go to this? not do that? It was like, and it was so funny because it felt like it was like the last sort of bus out of town of that like weekend. Like that was the final stop for like a bunch of people. And it was like either either like you went to the mania Sunday that night, or you somehow ended up at this like VFW in Fort Worth at like midnight. <laughs> right. I was like living my best life, like hanging out, right? with, living the hanging, dream. out with, hanging out with my friends at three o'clock in the morning in some like random like Knights of Columbus Hall in Fort Worth, Texas, watching awesome. Minoru Suzuki just beat the fuck out of somebody. Yo. 
like that was 10 feet from my face such Brilliant. a gem when he when he um there's one of the shots that i got when he's like got the guy in the corner and stuff too and i just remember thinking to myself i was like yo people pay tokyo dome money to see this guy and i'm just i'm just here in fort worth texas just Suzuki. In an Eagles Hall. Yeah, in an Eagles Hall or Texas Clumps or whatever it was. I, I couldn't. I yeah, that was that was a fun time, man. What a great show! Shout out, seriously though, shout out to the Texas wrestling scene. Um, what a great time that was. That show was insane. I had so much fun. Uh, so yeah, that was the perfect way to cap off. Like yeah, a delightful like, weekend. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember going to the airport the next day and feeling like, cause there's definitely like some things where like there were shows I wanted to go to that I didn't go to or things where I wasn't feeling certain things or whatever. Um, but man, like after seeing that, I sort of like got up the next morning and I was at the airport. I was like, that was it. That was it, man. That was a crazy weekend. <laughs> right. You're like, this is how this should end. Me I, yeah, watching whatever. murder grandpa just beat the, <laughs> Right, right. If it was like a movie, there would have been like a montage of like <laughs> pictures of us reacting to it happening, and then like Murder Grandpa sees us and he like gets involved, and it's like a funny like Scooby Doo type scene of like, oh no, it's Murder Grandpa, we're running away from him. Oh man, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon versus Murder Grandpa this summer, <laughs> coming coming soon. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I mean, he would just murder me, <laughs> literally. <laughs> like I know we just called the murder grandpa, would be terrifying. Like R.I.P. Friend. <laughs> but the problem, the problem is like, is like, okay, so, and and this is something for anybody who got to see him do any of those shows where you got to be closer to him than maybe you would have if you saw him in like a big arena or whatever. He's so handsome. Like Suzuki is wildly handsome. And, like, he, like, at one point, he was near us, and he did his, like, look to the crowd thing, and I stopped what I was doing to be like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) A moment of just, oh, well, hello. (laughs) And then someone showed me the picture of him, like, modeling in, like, 2001, and I was like, hello, sir. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. It was one of those, I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. Oh, it did. (laughs) He's like deceptively handsome and deceptively like murderous. And I'm like, I get it now. That's why he has to wear the towel. Cause if he didn't come out, if he came out with it off already, we would all, it would be too much for us. Like we, we need to, we need the anticipation of him getting ring, his towel off and we're all just, <sighs> yeah. It's yeah. You there. need that, like that's yeah. that slow reveal. Almost. It's still there. It's all, oh man, you see that? Woo! And he's going to go beat somebody up. Oh, 10 out of 10. Right. Good. <laughs> Good time, ten out of ten. Way worth doing. Yeah. So yeah. it was just it was a really fun to like the even like the atmosphere was really good for it being that late and that yeah late in the yeah. night, but also that late in a very packed weekend of hustle Long, and bustle. Yeah. That was my first like real like mania weekend. Like I, the first mania I went to was the one that was in New York um, a couple years ago, but I didn't do like any like the like mania weekend stuff. I didn't go see any indie shows. I hadn't. I wasn't really involved to the level I am now. And so uh, this was my first time, like, trying to, like, make a lot of shows and, like, actually, like, having to go and work a few of them. Um, camera, not, unfortunately, not hosting. I was working production for a couple of them. I unfortunately didn't get, well, maybe maybe next year. Anyway, but it was just my first time really, like, seeing the scale of it for some people. And, and you see some people, like, um, who was it, like, Veda and Speedball, 
who uh, who worked like I don't know forty three thousand shows and matches. I don't, like, but seriously, they worked. I, I forget what the number was. It was some ridiculously high number between the two of them for the and you and you see that and you're just like, how do you guys do it? This is amazing. It's incredible to see. Uh, so if if anyone's ever thought about going to Mania Weekend or or and not and not thought maybe I don't want to see Mania in itself, I highly encourage you to check it out. It's a whole other thing because every, everybody is working a thousand percent. Every it's 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 the coolest it's the coolest shit you're ever gonna see, man. Everyone is going as as hard as they can. It's such a cool time, and everyone's like, all right, I got to show at three, and I got to show at four thirty, uh, and then I got to have a half hour break, and I got to show at eight, and then two shows at nine. I got to figure out how I'm gonna get there. <laughs> like that's everybody, fans, workers, production people, everybody is like that for like five days. I 100% agree with you. Um, I went this year, I went last year to Tampa um, and and did that whole thing. And yeah, it was definitely bouncing between because last last year in Tampa, GCW was running their collective that they do every year, but IWTV was running a bunch of stuff too. And so Uh, I was going back and forth between the two. Uh, It's a lot, man. Yeah, I went to, I think I ended up going to like 11 and a half shows last year because um there was two shows i wanted to go to the remainder of a scramble i think (laughs) i caught i caught the last half of one of the shows because the gcw show started an hour early and i'm like okay so gcw starts an hour early then that means i can at least get some of this other show so i can see this person and this person because otherwise i don't remember (laughs) to do it that's the that's the other crazy thing about wrestlemania weekend is like you start like people start popping up in weird spots and you're like, oh shit, wait a minute, hold on. That guy's working this? Wait a minute, wait, she's working over here? Hold on a second. And you start just like, you know, okay, well, I'm gonna go and see them over here. And then I gotta go over there and see them. And it's 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 a really interesting, it was very crazy to like, and then, and then I pride myself, I pride myself now in being able to know when I like hit my wall. And there was a point, I think on Saturday when I was like, I need to go to my hotel room. And there was like some wild, crazy, amazing stuff happening. And I was like, I need to not be around humans for a little bit so that I can exist later. <laughs> See, I am basically the exact opposite. Like for me, like oh, wow. being around all of that is very energizing for me. Well, it's good for, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I would get to the venue, like so I just went to all the GCW collective stuff because it was just easier for me yeah. and I was yeah. like and then then the stuff on Sunday when there was nothing else going on I right. went to the, yeah. the shows where I met you yeah. but um but I went from you know 10 o'clock in the morning to you know three o'clock in the morning just anybody yeah. who did that I I really truly you guys get your merit badges because that's that's impressive for me I I I need like I can do I can do it to a point and then I'm like all right I I need a little bit it's, but I'm like that even like in my regular like life, like outside of just anything. Like I, I've, I've always been that sort of way where I'm like, okay, I've reached my limit of human being interaction now. I must retreat into my cave where I will sit here and watch a movie about old wooden ships for three hours. I will then emerge ready to deal with people again. But first, Master and Commander. Like I'm just, you know, something, <laughs> like, something of that nature that like resets my brain. And I'm like, okay, all right. I'm ready to go back out and do some more stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. So, and I guess I know you were busy working and stuff. So I just, I'm just fanning. So maybe that, like, I don't have, I don't have any responsibilities. Like, I just show up and mingle you know, and talk to people, and and then I. Just... Uh, yeah, that was how I. I yeah, I, got, I was fortunate that I, I, I had to work a few shows, but I was able to like 
she, I thought I had to do more. And then like, when I saw like what I really was needed for, I was able to sort of shift gears into fan mode. And that's what made me like able to really enjoy things. And, and, and honestly, it helped me out a lot. Cause it definitely, when you're exposed to that many different performers doing that many different characters and that many different environments and in front of that many different crowds, you, you really get to see like the full spectrum of what professional wrestling is every, cause I, so I was, one of the nights I was I was helping do cameras for like the triple A show at WrestleCon. And then the next day I'm like watching one of the GCW shows. And then later on I'm at like the Impact show where they're pretending to be their 80s characters. And and then, you know, and you're seeing all these different things happen. And and I as a performer was like, okay, so what do you what what how do I I didn't think that's what I was gonna get out of it. I really just kind of I didn't realize that was what was gonna happen, but I really had a moment of like wow, so there's, a, there's so much potential for professional writing. You can literally do anything in this. It's such an interesting creative outlet. You can do almost, like, as long as, as as long as the audience likes it, as long as you can get the audience on board, you can do virtually anything in this business. Like as long as like you are able to get them to follow you through that. And it's really cool to see, again, everything from crazy lucha wrestling where there's a million people in, in the ring and everyone's doing crazy backflips to you know sex ferguson like you know playing like <laughs> stupid character you know it's it's so much fun and that was a great part of the of, of that weekend too to to get to work and then to get to be exposed to all the stuff to be like ah wrestling's so much fun <laughs> wrestling is so cool man it's dorky but man is it cool i you know it is absolutely a, a niche interest especially when you get down to like more of the independent stuff yeah but but at the same time, like, it is so much fun. And it, it is, is, it can, it can be so rewarding. You have to allow yourself. There's, I think there's a thing about professional wrestling as, as an entertainment source uh, that I think, because early we, I compared it to comic book movies. And I think that they are similar to each other in that it requires you to shut off part of your brain in a good way, not a bad way, in a way where you go, I, I'm, I'm aware of, the circumstances, I get that the TV show, all these, it doesn't matter. I'm going to shut that off and I'm going to watch what's happening and just accept it for what it is and enjoy it. And that's a lot like what these comic book movies are, where you're like, yeah, I know it's ridiculous, silly nonsense and the script is terrible. I'm going to shut my brain off because I want to see the guy with the shark claws. And, and that's the fun part of pro wrestling is that when you find somebody who's very good at convincing you to shut your brain off and follow them, like so, someone like a Kevin Owens, who I love, I love Kevin Owens and, and I've loved him since he was like Kevin. He was one of the first indie guys that i saw at a young age it was like oh wow okay that's great um that's excellent stuff well done sir so you know when he grabs a mic you just follow him whatever he's about to tell you you could you know you listen to him and and that level of performance that you get from pro wrestling you shut off part of your brain where you're like you know obviously him and stone cold are gonna have a match ha 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 like oh i know it's gonna happen but i'm gonna shut that off and allow them to like take me there and that's going to be fun to get there and as a fan it's going to be really rewarding when i watch it because i allowed myself to enjoy this for what it is yeah you kind of have to put that like suspension of disbelief for in, sure in there because yeah of course you know a big guy is gonna you know obviously if it was a real shoot fight beat mm. up some yeah. you know little guy but yeah you know <laughs> but you suspend disbelief because the little guy has better moves and he and knows how to utilize to the ring better, and he's faster, right? And we so want it's to like, see that. that. We right? enjoy that. Like we isn't like there's, uh, so you know I um, it's like the whole the clap my the bit of like there's only like seven plots and like storytelling, and they're all sort of the same. 
And it's very similar with like, there's only so many wrestling matches. There's only so many things you can do. And so anytime someone can come up with anything innovative, 10 out of 10, excellent job. Thank you so much. You're, you are keeping this business alive. But then it's also up to the other people who need to take the, what we have and mold it and create it into their own way and get and you know and, and present you that cool moment of the little guy versus the big guy. And although we've seen little guy versus big guy a bajillion and four times, they're going to do it in their own special way that only the two of them can do. And that's what makes it entertaining. That's why it's fun to watch because, you know, it, I've seen everyone's watched David and Goliath. You've seen I can turn on Hulu right now and watch five different versions of it. But when we watch it from a lot in a live perspective, like in a live show in a wrestling event, it's cool when you're there in the audience and you feeling the energy. It's really fun when that little guy gets up to do his big comeback. You know, like it, there's part like when you really let yourself go and believe it. Like you really do find yourself like this. He might actually do it this time. Ah, oh, man, oh, he got him. Ah, you got him. God ah, darn it. And it's so, that's so much fun. Is that exact moment of whoa, whoa, get go. Ah, got him again. <laughs> yeah, the noises people make when they watch professional wrestling are just unfounded. It's, it is the best. I yell crowd. at the TV all the time. It's my favorite. You know, I did, I, it's one of my favorite crowds, truly. Uh, you know, I did stand up for a while. That can be rough. I've done, you know, I, I, I grew up doing theater and stuff. But wrestling crowds for all the like, you know, sort of heckling and whatever that they do, because they're part of it, you know, when, you know, when I'm hosting a show specifically, you know, I know someone at some point is going to shout something at me, like it's going to happen. So I just have to roll with it, you know, and that's, again, it's just the atmosphere that can be created. Like when you have a good show with a good crowd, good card, everyone has like the right energy. Like we were that night in Texas, everyone had the right energy for that show. Like we all we in the audience wanted that show to be as good as the people performing it did. And because of that, it was awesome. And that's a beautiful thing about wrestling is that when you get the right, when all the pieces come together in the right way, it's this incredible, beautiful art form that can only exist within like these confines of, you know, big meaty men slapping me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been enjoying talking with you. I do have actual questions, but- Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I, I rant? No, no, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. This is your time. I'm please, just here dar to darling, facilitate. I, I, all right, let's, the question away, my dear. The, the, the stage is yours. <laughs> I wish I'm I had just... a sister to be like, mm, give me your questions. <laughs> um, sounds, a little, sounds a little, sounds a little classist. Like, like a, little, a little uppity, if you will. <laughs> a little uppity, if you will. I am from New England, unfortunately. Whether I want to be or not, it's not much I can do. I was, I was born here in New England, madam, don't you understand? And of course, <laughs> I roam the grounds of the polo fields. <laughs> that should be what I do for my character, right? That should really be it. I should do, I should, it'd be like, what was it, the Hunter House Helmsley, but like actually do it? <laughs> like just. Go 110%. Go 110% it. I'm Brandon Hurst Hamilton here. Oh, yes, Brandon. I mean, if you think about <laughs> it, the name really rings. Brandon Hamilton. It sounds really nice. You need to be like the third or Ooh, yes, Esquire. Yes. Brandon Hamilton Winchester Henry Warehouse the third. Thank you very much. <laughs> of of the England Henry Warehouse the third. <laughs> Oh, so we were yeah. uh, we were talking a little bit before we went on air what the difference is between your bit and your real life 
because now oh, we're talking okay. about now we're talking about doing a new bit but like oh yeah okay like what's <laughs> how do so, you all right so the big dip so okay so when I first started performing right I was I just I was just sort of going about branding and and then and then I decided I wanted you know, a name you know, I think everybody because wrestling for a little while I was like oh it would be cool to have a character name and I didn't really think too much about it at that point and I, th I think I threw Hamilton on the end because I thought it sounded nice and um it's sort of <laughs> I think at the time my thought was that it sounded like a like a game show host name uh like featuring Brandon Hamilton <laughs> all right folks um and so over time though the, the the bit became an extension of these things that i didn't always feel comfortable doing in my regular life like wearing jewelry wearing loud colors being like really over the top and exaggerant and like i just gonna do all my hands talking and all that kind of stuff these are things that i used to be like down girls like like stay down um and through doing the the, the ham character which was this sort of very extreme over the top um I don't know. Some no. some people thought it was a heel, and I didn't always feel that way. I'm just like, no, no, no. I'm just very like mm, about things. Like I don't think I'm being a heel. I'm just very like, oh. <laughs> and um, anyway, so but the big, really, the big difference is like Brandon. You know, is good. Is you know, I'm, I'm a pretty goofy person, and I, I I like to play characters. I like to do bits. I like to be funny. I really, I really my whole life has just been wanting to be a character like I, I i've discovered things like saturday night live and and improv and performances like comedy performance at a really young age and i was like this is the cool that's it that's what you do right you make people laugh it makes them feel good what a wonderful thing to do so i think the big the biggest difference between now at least that i have uh you know Come out publicly and stuff like that, sort of embracing a lot more things about myself and then eccentricities that I used to sort of reserve for the ham. Now the biggest difference between myself and ham is that one of them wears a brightly colored jacket, and the other one, <laughs> the other one is wearing, I think, yeah, an Effie T-shirt. <laughs> you know, but I you know, both wear an Effie T-shirt actually. Effie's wonderful. Um, he is wonderful. <laughs> Effie's wonderful. Uh, but really, yeah, I think I think the uh, biggest difference now is is that when I when I'm in the character mode i get in like production mode so that's a sort of i i i it's almost it's gonna sound funny it's like when I, I used to be a chef and you have to like be all right we're doing it now this is what's gonna happen all right we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this all right got it and so when i'm really in the ham mode that's what it's like it's like okay this is what's going on this is the next thing we gotta do i need this i need this i need you to give me your information so that i can do you, do you want me to make up a hometown for you because i will you know like i i become very like on top of it, the goofy side of me sort of yields and I become very, when I'm working, when I'm like really doing it, I become very like sort of sort, sort of rigid. But then once I have all my information and I'm good to go, hey, I'm back to being fun and relaxed and having a good time. And I'll also shower you with all of my positive energy and thoughts because I think that wrestling performers are really sweet. And I often, you oftentimes see me backstage being like, you there, you're wonderful and here's why. Aww. <laughs> I, I love, I, it's, you know, they do a lot of work so that I can just go out there and say their names. And I respect the hell out of every one of them for it. <laughs> so I love giving, spending that a little extra time to say, hey, this thing you're doing is really cool. I really like this. And some, you know, sometimes I'll be like, yeah, you, you think so? And I'll be like, I mean, what do I know? But yes, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just yeah. as a person. Who am I? Cool. 
if you don't want, please don't do not. I am not that important, but I think you're wonderful and I love you. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, it's like, I'm a giant nobody, but I'm a giant nobody that's like a really big fan of you. That's basically what it is. And, and I just, um, when I worked at the wrestlers lab shows, so that, that's sort of like, if I, if I were to have like a home base, people, I'd probably be wrestlers lab. And I love working there because everybody in that locker room is always there to give it like a, a 110%. Everybody's always very kind to each other, very nice to each other. And in, in, in my experience and everything. And I get an opportunity to like talk to people and let them to be like, Hey, this thing you're doing with your character, I find it, you know, I try to talk to them less as, you know, as, as a performer, like be like, this is a really cool thing that you've done. I've seen you've invested your time into doing this, or I've seen you made this shift and now you're wearing these colors. And then you have this, this, this way that you're speaking and all this stuff, you know? And that's a fun thing. I, I just think as a performer to get to like talk with your peers and speak with them and stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a, always a good thing. So I feel like I rambled yeah. off. Stuff. Oh, <laughs> no. Sorry. Like I said, this is your time. I'm sorry. I'm a bit of a rambler. And to, to all the people in YouTube land, I apologize. If you were wanted concise information, oof. <laughs> if they I want have. concise information, they wouldn't be listening to anything that I do. <laughs> I about to say, I have what the doctors call the ADHD. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! So, how you and you kind of talked about how you've done stand up and you've done theater. How did you get into independent wrestling? Like, how did that transition occur? Well, how I got well, okay, well, I'll answer. I'll answer this two ways. I got interested in in independent wrestling first of all when when my uh, college roommate. Uh, he was the first person I'd ever met in my life who watched independent wrestling. I never, I didn't even know that was a thing that existed. And he was the one who introduced me to Ring of Honor in about 2006, 2007. So this is an interesting time in like the Ring of Honor era. If you, and, and so he, he, took, he took me to a show and it had like Generico and Steen on it and like Tyler Black, like that level stuff. And it was- What happened to those guys? Right, what happened to those and those fellows anyway it blew my mind because i was unaware of this right what this exists and it was very cool and then that got me back into watching wrestling and it got me to watch and and it got me to watch wrestling from an interesting way where at when he first you know sort of started started showing at me it to me again i was doing that thing where i was like it's wrestling and i was sort of being a jerk about it you know and then I forget exactly how, but he got me to watch it from the perspective of like, yeah, but imagine somebody has to pr produce this and make this. Like, someone has to make this live event. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, that's really cool, actually. That's a really interesting thing. We think about it, this is a live TV show they do on the road. That's really cool. And so that's how I got like really invested in it. And then eventually, that person, um, my buddy Mike Sweeney, who is part of Wrestlers Lab, he, they were doing a show in Rhode Island. And they need they needed a uh, they needed a person as I think I feel like I'm not the only person who's become a host or ring announcer through this exact means. I feel like this is this I feel like this is the origin story of ring announcers and wrestling. Is somebody goes, hey, you know how to talk into a microphone, right? And I go, yeah, I can do that. And they're like, well, we're doing a show in Rhode Island. We got a couple of matches on this card. Do you think you you think you want to come out and and just just intro our guys for us? And again, I was like. 
I was, this is my friend asking me for a favor. This wasn't even like, I'm going to get into wrestling. I'm going to start doing this. None of that. This was just a buddy of mine asking me for a favor. And I was like, hell yeah, dude, of course I will. I love you, man. I've known you for how long? Yeah. This will be fun, man. Come on. We have a good time. So I was fortunate enough that that show took place at like a tiny little black box theater. And there was a, a small little punk band that was playing everybody out to the ring. So my first show was this like punk rock level environment. And I'm, I'm a longtime big punk rock guy. And, and I was able to like announce these people out to the ring with this band, like thundering through, you know, like meat puppet songs and stuff. And I was, I was like, oh, indie wrestling is cool. And uh, that was the first time I did it. And then I did it a few more times with, with my friend. Uh, you know, just, just for fun because they would ask me to do it. And, and it was still sort of like, um, you know, I was doing them a favor. And, uh, and then like, I, so I, so I worked with the lab for a handful of shows, but I, I never thought about trying to get other gigs or working anywhere else, any of that, or, or, or making a character, any of that stuff that didn't really occur to me until the, uh, the pandemic really. So like, I feel like, I feel like a lot of us, we had a lot of time on our hands, <laughs> looked in the mirror and we're like, why? <laughs> and um, one of the, uh, at the, towards the end of, um, you know, that initial like, tw- uh, about, you know, sort of lockdown phase or whatever, the guys at Wrestles Lab were like, hey, we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to do a show. We're going to, we're going to record a bunch of episodes of a show in like one day. And um, we're going to tour a ton of matches. It's going to be one full big day of shooting. And then we're going to edit them together and make a whole season of a TV show. And, you know, you want to come, you know, you're a host, man. Why don't you come out and, and do it? And this is, and even then I was like, oh, that'll be fun. This will be great, blah, blah, blah. And so that was the day that I met MV Young, Sazzy Boatwright, uh, Angelo Carter, Logan Black. I met all these people. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, oh wow these are really cool people um and i started that day that was a crazy day <laughs> it's a crazy day a lot of it's very uh uh it was an intense day a lot of stuff happened you know we had to shoot an entire season for the tv in a single day a lot of television today and everybody that day banded together in this in this wonderful way that reminded me of like theater and stuff and that's what really got me to a point of like okay, I, I think that maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's some space for me to try and see if I can get some more gigs, you know? It's the worst thing that happens is people say no. All right, fine. And so I started turning up the dial a little bit and that's uh, that's sort of how we got to here. And now I uh, I got to work with some great places like Blitzkrieg. Getting to work with Blitzkrieg was wonderful. Um, they're very sweet people. And they, had, they let me host their luau last year, which was such a fun time. That was my first time working with them. And... <laughs> <laughs> when they when they booked me they were like uh yeah when you go out to their audience maybe you can like i don't know lead them in a sing-along of margaritaville for a minute they did not give me a time cue we sang the whole song <laughs> sang the whole song and there's the there's, there's the producers like near the curtain trying to signal me to wrap it up but i'm into the song at this point and i'm just having the time i'm throwing out lays to people and stuff and uh yeah that was 
that was around so yeah it was it was it was that era of like i just uh you know i did that one show with you know that one season's worth of tv with the lab and so much content to do in one day and uh and i sort of also took the reins of being like the all right, folks, we're doing a take. Everyone quiet on the set. I started being like the AD where I was like, all right, folks, we're doing this. This is the shot. You are on deck. This, you know, chef me came out and I was like, this is what's going on. We're doing this over here. You're going to go over there. Great. Excellent. Okay. Are we rolling? Are we rolling? Let's do it. The following contest is scheduled for like, like that, like literally like that. <laughs> your, your, your chef background, your theater background came out and you just took charge. Yeah. Well, we need, there was a, somebody yeah, needed there, to. Somebody, there was a moment where, like, because we were doing, the th things were going all right, but things were moving a little slow. Um, it was just because it was a big day, and I feel like it was just one of those things where anytime you're doing production, especially television, film production, live production, any kind, you can write everything down on paper. You can time everything out exactly as you want. You can, you can do, there's a million things you can try and do to keep that within the confines. It's, that's not going to be how it ends it's going to move and you have to understand that going into it and you have to know that you have to move with it and evolve with it and change with it in the kind of way that gives you the product and the end result that you want. I'm not saying add a, you know, $3 million to your movie's budget because you want to, you know, cause somebody decided when to add a scene to it. But if we have to change a few lines or whatever, or something breaks and we have to move it, those are the types of things that can cause a bigger hiccup than you think, you know, something breaks or somebody, you know, you know, flubs oats, flub something in a way where they, you know, get really hard on themselves about it. You know, it, it you know, it takes the production then to come together. I'm th now I'm getting kind of filmmakery about it, but it takes, that's how I look at it. It takes the production to come together and be like, Hey, it's okay, man, let's go. We, we got it. We're doing it. We're doing it. And that was what that day was like. It, it's actually that day both helped me realize that I wanted to pursue wrestling more so, and actually like pushed me towards getting my master's degree and stuff. So I was like, this is what I was, people, I was put on earth to calm actors down, tell them how to hit their mark and, and, and make and keep this production rolling, baby. <laughs> like, Jay's not getting any, any longer. So we're, we're losing let's daylight. Roll. We're losing daylight, sweetheart. We're losing lighting and got, we got to get that shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make this movie without you. Get out of the way. I'll put on a wig. <laughs> And um, I've seen a bunch of the wrestlers live shows, and they're really fun shows just from like a fan perspective watching. They're so, so fun. everything I'm glad, I'm, seems super cool. That makes me really happy to hear because I know that the uh, you know the producers behind it really strive for that. They want it's a fun place, and we have fun doing it. And I think that if that's what if your audience is getting that, then then we're nailing it. That then, then we've done, we've done our, in my eyes, then we've done our job. You know, we just, our, our show we had just done in May, Showabunga. It was the first time we, we did the H2O Center. Yeah, Showabunga, what a great name, right? They, I think they were sitting on that for a while. Cause I remember hearing that floated around once. And I, my reaction to that was like, that is an incredible name. I cannot wait to do that. They were going to, they almost, I, I feel like they almost used it once and I remember getting upset because I don't think I was going to be able to host it. And I, and I was like sad because what a great show name. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we, um, you know, they, they're big on, you know, this isn't even to be like the, the, oh, they're so wonderful, but they, you know, they're big on giving people opportunities. They gave me an opportunity. They gave me a wonderful chance. Um, and it's led to 
to a lot of other cool things for me and a lot of cool places that I wouldn't like I wouldn't have gone to Dallas and worked with with GoPro GoPro Wrestling who is the production group that I work with um, I wouldn't have gone to Dallas and worked with them if I hadn't at some point hosted a show for my friends in Rhode Island at a black box theater where a punk band was blistering through a replacements cover while they played out somebody who I had never met before in my life <laughs> but like damn it if it wasn't the coolest thing on earth <laughs> you know it was it was it's really cool i think it's the punk rock vibe that's what that's what gets me i feel like a lot of people fall into indie wrestling in that sort of way where it's like so and so didn't show up today do you think yeah, you could do for sure i i think if you're not if you don't get into it from the i'm gonna be a wrestler and be a champion and that sort of mindset which to anybody who's able to at like six years, like, and I don't mean this is going to sound like I'm sounding like I'm talking about, but I, I know there are people who literally at like six years old are like, that's it. That's what I'm doing. And it's so cool to see those people go on and achieve that stuff. And I just think it's so funny that on the complete other end of the spectrum, way other side of the coin, you got someone like me who's like, huh? Yeah, sure, I'll do it. How hard can it be getting in and out of a wrestling ring? It can't seem that complicated. Oh, this is more difficult than I thought. Oh, that taped something. <laughs> One true story. That show, I I I forget what it was. I think I I think I when I was trying to get out from under the ring, I went instead of going like between the like the, the the top and middle one, I went believing the middle one and bottom one. And I'm a big dude, and I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, but I definitely did. And like. They, <laughs> basically like trying to get out like caught like my foot and was just like <laughs> like Trey was so bad and then I was like folks that's the first and last time I will be getting in and out of the ring <laughs> um yeah you're my, you're a tall yeah. dude I have a bit yeah I didn't think about it uh I I remember yeah that was a funny I remember when I got out my friend was like why 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 would you do it that way? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't think I, I, I watched someone do it before me that way. I was, I was that new. I was so new that I didn't know I was allowed to hold note cards. I thought I had to memorize everything. And I was trying to memorize everyone's information. And it wasn't until like, I want to say 20 minutes before the show that somebody was finally like, what? No, you can bring note cards up, dude. I was like, what? And I had like this paper. I was like, who's, and then they were like, yeah, who told you to bring note cards? And my friend's like, <laughs> this guy over here, this guy doesn't know anything about wrestling, dummy. <laughs> yeah. So there's even, I think there's even a picture of me from that show at some point. I'll have to find it. And it's like, I'm holding the piece of paper and I'm like shouting, like as though I'm like reading the lyrics that my 16 year old self just freshly wrote for my band. And it was like, mom, you gotta get out of here. Like, <laughs> so from my hit single, oh. mom, you gotta get out of here. Coming soon to Spotify. <laughs> Coming soon to Spotify. Brandon cries his favorites. <laughs> Featuring such, such hits as Get Out of Here, Terry, You're Not My Real Dad. And, <laughs> and, and of course, it's not black eyeliner, it's just black tears. So it's a real hit. It's a big one for me. It's a big one for me. I'm I'm an emo girl at heart, so um, you were like yeah no I heard that song I know that song. yeah yeah and, yeah I'm, is, I'm that off, sure. is that off the uh, the Illinois EP nice nice <laughs> Ill, Ill, like Illinois like I L I dash N O I S E like Illinois. <laughs> no pancake <yeah>, this. <laughs>
this is <laughs> Part of me is like, I think we're we we have some similar. We definitely have similar interest. taste. We definitely have similar sense of humor. <laughs> that's that's for damn sure. <laughs> oh yep, we yeah definitely. Um, I feel like we get along really well, which makes me really we definitely happy. Do. We definitely do. Don't worry. You guys, have me back anytime. I'm, having to, I'm, I'm <laughs> thoroughly enjoying this. Well, just you wait. There's still time. Uh, there's still time. Because <laughs> you're better last question. I'd be like, and that's when Father didn't take me to the circus. I can't believe you got me to tell that story. Not even my therapist knows. <laughs> he didn't take you to see the marching band. <laughs> nice. Nicely done. Well played. Val. Oh. It was so good. I didn't even know I was sitting that. I just softballed that. And you... I like. I'm thinking of what you're putting down. <laughs> <laughs> so, who has had the most influence on you, both in and out of wrestling? You kind of talked about your friend that got you into wrestling and and got you, got you your got your got deal it. with Wrestlers Lab. But so, um, as far as like as far as like being a performer and stuff like that, yeah. Okay, so um, as far as like inside of wrestling, when I when I switched over from being like I'm doing it casually to like okay now I'm gonna start looking at other people and watching them and trying to figure out some of the things that they might have done, um, and and hopefully one day be able to replicate that. Uh, you know, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan is probably one that I think I think um, was just a big you know, it was a big influence because. The thing about Bobby Heenan is that Bobby Heenan understood when he was the punchline of the joke and understood how to make the joke about him without it making him look like he looked foolish, but he didn't look stupid. You know, like there's a way to do self-deprecating humor where it's good and it's funny. And then there's a way to do it where the audience just kind of feels bad for the person. And he always found this way to do these really big, silly like one of my favorite things in all of wrestling is Bobby Heenan trying to get into the first night of Raw. Like I don't know if you know that bit. Yeah, you know the bit I'm talking about. He wears he wears the wig. He dresses up as people. He tries to be a cameraman. It's such a good joke, and it's such a great little. It's 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 a it, this 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 big. That's how big the joke is. Bobby can't get in. That's it. That's the entire bit. But because of how he was able to sell the different things and, and they were able to come up with these silly bits. That's the kind of thing in wrestling that I really enjoy. So earlier when I was saying you can do anything you want in wrestling, and that's what's so cool about it. It's things like that, where on a same, you know, this is the premiere of like Monday Night Raw. It's one of the biggest nights in like wrestling history, right? You're having big marquee matches and stuff like that. And they're still finding a little bit of time to do this really dumb, silly joke. And, and it's only a couple minutes of this dumb, silly joke, but here we are in 2022 still talking about it and that's how good the joke is so so that that's definitely where i would say if 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 you know because and that's <laughs> as much as i love wrestling i don't i i don't watch as much of it as i as i know a lot some people study it religiously and they watch everything from every country and all kinds of like but that one specifically those instances with like bobby heenan and stuff any of the time when he was like you know, when him and Mean Gene were butting heads and stuff and WCW, that kind of stuff. I love comedy. And I love when someone finds a way to do comedy so that it enhances the story. And, it, and it's not just, we're not just doing something for the sake of doing it. If there's one thing I, I truly despise in any storytelling, whether it's in wrestling, filmmaking, books, anything, 
when you make something weird just for the sake of making it weird, that's not creative. If you make something stupid or use a bad joke or swear, or like if you use, um, there's a, a comedian once told me when I first started doing comedy, if the punchline of your joke is the word fuck, you didn't write a joke, you swore. Those are two different things. And I think in wrestling, it's like if you're doing comedy and you're wrestling, and, it, and, and the payoff is just, we did a comedy bit. It doesn't enhance any story. It doesn't enhance any character. It doesn't mean anything to anybody. Then you didn't do anything except make yourself look like idiots for five minutes. So so there has to be, there's an intelligent way to do it. And, and you have to look at it from all the angles and not just, you know, oh, wouldn't it be funny if somebody, I don't know, you know, we dump shit on a guy. <laughs> we dump shit on a person. That's hilarious. And you're like, all right, but why? Why did that happen? What's the purpose of doing that? Is there something funnier than dumping shit on somebody? Are we just going with the first answer? You know, that, that's sort of, so yeah. So so anytime you can see a good creative comedy bit, you know, and, and currently I would say people like Dan Housen are, is great for comedy. Um, but that's, again, that's somebody who clearly gets it. And then like he, he these manages to do the right level of Dan Housen when it's needed, you know? I feel like he gets not to do too much and nothing like, like his, he's very smart about it. Like he's got this, like the perfect lines and stuff. He's got the bit. He's everything he needs to do. It's like right in these beautiful little packages for him. It's so good. So smart. Very smart performer. <laughs> just, just the right amount of Dan Housen energy. Just the right amount of Dan Housen. Because I feel, because that's a character where if you do it for too much, for too long, it, you know, it, does, it, does, it starts to, and that's not like a shot. It's just like, it's one of those characters where you can do it forever. But on a show, you can't have a a five like a show where like it's just a, it's an hour of just Dan Housen. I mean, of course you could because we love Dan Housen. and that'd be really entertaining and funny. And honestly, someone's gonna take this clip and show it to Dan Housen. and he's gonna be like, "I'm gonna do it anyway," and it'd be really funny, and I love it. But I really get the point I'm trying to make is they can't. You know, there's some characters who work in these small windows, and that is a really important piece of the overall puzzle of wrestling. Not everyone has to have an hour-long Broadway match. Some people need to only be on there for two to three minutes, and that that's where, that's where old Brandon lies. <laughs> so, what I'm hearing is take this clip, show it to Dan Housing, make make Brandon a household name, <laughs> blow up blow up the bald monkeys in the stack and bell pancakes. I'm just um, saying make- Ham Housing, Dan Housing, it's Valhausen? there. It's, it's, it's Valhausen. <laughs> Although I'm going to say Valhausen sounds like a Thor character. Like immediately you said that and it's like Valhausen, we shall ride together. Like that's immediately where I went. I mean, that's fair. I I would ride with Dan Housen given the chance. How great would I, that be? How great if we find out Dan Housen's actually Thor, he just lives up Malir one day. <laughs> And we're like, oh, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> well, that's like reaction. Huh. Dan Housen. Well, all right. <laughs> like, we treat it like it's a, huh, well, it's also 67 degrees outside. Interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, some seasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I know we talked about you, you know, getting more, I don't want to say gigs, but getting, getting to be more places, doing more things. Gigs, I like using gigs. It's quite all right. <laughs> Do you gig? No. As, I like, as, I like, I like the gig, you know what I mean? Do you gig? <laughs> I, yeah, well, you know, I try, I, I, you know, I, I dabble. I do a little dabble on the old gigs. 
Um, but yeah, it's I, I I I do like to work in new places. It's always fun. Um, I I took a little I I, I so I, t- I took took a little time off because I was I I reached a I reached an interesting point earlier in the year where I wasn't sure if like and this I think is an important thing for all performers at any level of your life. If something is not fun, take some time. Like if you're doing something and it was fun and it stops being fun for any reason, you may need to take some time and be like, okay. Am I doing too much of it? it it's, what, what what do I have to adjust? What do I have to do? Blah, blah, blah. And for me, it was very much like, okay, Brandon and Ham are two separate people in that, like, you know, Ham gets the shows, does the work, is in wrestling, all that kind of stuff. And Brandon is just like a regular person who, like, goes to the grocery store and, like, you know, I don't know why this is the example I use, but sure. Goes to the grocery store, buys his food, blah, 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 you know. So when I did that, it made me feel, in a weird way, I don't know why, I was like, okay, that makes me feel better. And then, um, you know, I want, I, I love the idea of like bringing ham to more people, <laughs> bringing ham to the people, but really like, I love my character because my character allows me to be loud and big and over the top. And a lot of the clothing that I wear and the looks that I do are, you know, I, I don't know how you want to describe it, but you know, um, yeah, as a non-binary person, I, I feel that when I get to perform, sometimes there's going to be someone in the crowd who, and this has happened to me, and this is not like blow myself up, this has happened where someone sees me and then afterwards is like, I'm, I'm glad another one of us is out here. You know, I'm glad someone like me is doing this because it makes me feel like it's possible for me to do it. And I've only been doing this for a little while. And the fact that it's happened to me on more than one occasion really hit me in a way where I was like, this is, this is actually kind of important in, in a very small, in, in my very tiny way of contributing positively to the, you know, to the plight of queer people everywhere. <laughs> um, you know, it's being, it, doing the character has allowed me to be this fun, goofy version of this thing that, and this is not to be a downer, like in the current day, people are being told the boogeyman for some dumb shit, dumbass reason. And so I get to go out there and be fun and goofy and silly and make kids laugh and make people laugh and make fun of myself. And like one of my jokes, every time, every show, if you ever watch the show, me, it's the best um, feud in wrestling right now is the ham versus getting in and out of the ring. It's funny. And I know it's funny. I'm a big guy. It's funny to watch me try to mend my way up there. Sometimes the ring is way higher than it needs to be. I got to go get a chair and I'll make, I'll do a whole bit and I just get in the chair and bringing it over and climbing on up and stuff like that. And it's, and it's fun to do these things and get these reactions from people. And it, and it, and it makes me happy because of like, like I said, like the off occasion that somebody may see it and then afterwards be like, I see you. I see. And thank you for being out here for, for us, you know? And you're like, yeah, gotcha, bud. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely fair. Um, you were kind of talking about how you're, there's, there's Brandon and there's the ham. Yeah. And it's like, I think that that's a lot of people in wrestling, especially like people that are on camera talent. They have. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm not like I'm Bell Pancakes now, but I'm not always Bell Pancakes. Right. Being Bell Pancakes all the time would be simply exhausting. Like- Absolutely. And it's really it's really important to be able to give yourself time and to be able to separate and, and know for a while there I was worried that people were meeting me when I was playing the character, Brandon Hamilton, you know? 
and they thought there was like, and that's that's who they thought they were meeting. That's the person they thought they were meeting, right? And I forget exactly. I had a conversation with somebody. I forget who it was. And it doesn't really matter who it was. But the, the, the way we were talking, I was like, I don't think this person knows me at all. And and it was this very strange sort of moment of like, oh man, a lot of these people only know this and they only and that and this version of me and stuff. And and I think that, like you said, if you to live like that. 24 seven is exhausting. And I think unfortunately we've seen a lot of wrestlers who spent their career, wrestling talent wrestlers spent their career with the character on 24 hours a day and they've never shut it off. And you see them and you know, some of them are, 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 are people now like into their sixties and you're like, honey, stop, just stop. Like you don't have to anymore. You don't, you don't have to anymore, but they don't, that's all they know. You know, they program their brains into this, pattern into this way of thinking and stuff and you know I, I i recognize that that might have been happening to me and it was necessary for me to like take a second take a breather and like collect myself and figure out what parts of me i wanted to put into this character what parts of me i wanted to reserve for myself and my friends and my family and that kind of thing because i don't think it's uh i i you know as much as when you're a performer and you're in the public you accept and understand that you are now you know under scrutiny, all that kind of stuff. Like you're in the public eye, people are going to say whatever they want, say however they feel. But you know that doesn't necessarily mean you have to give everything away. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to leave everything out for everybody. So I think it's important for everybody in the business. It's not just me. I'm I'm, I'm just a, a fucking show host. Like I'm not even that big of a fucking deal. Like I'm this fucking tiny man. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> I'm just a random broad with the podcast, like everybody else in wrestling. Right? <laughs> like everyone else, I got thoughts and a microphone. Um, the barrier but, uh, to entry is low. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? But like, and now this is the part where, where, where the love brand comes out, the part where I start love bombing. Yeah, but you're very sweet and you're very kind. The way you do your show is very nice and endearing. And like, you're able to get, like, I feel very conversational with you right now. And it's nice and it's easier than you know, other people who do. And I think like, that's the, that's the Val Pancakes. I'm sure you're very, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're also value very sweet and very kind person. I met you in real life. And I know you're also a very sweet, kind person, but no, no, I'm sorry. Val's tough <laughs> as nails, guys. Don't, oh, it's I, very scary. I'm a real bitch. <laughs> right, right, bitch. I've seen it. Puts on her, puts on her rings. Um, But really it's, it's, I think it's like, you know, I think it's important that, like, for you, you're able to, like, when you're done from this, go and do whatever you need to do away from the character for a little bit. It's like those, there's a delineation, and I, and I think that's a huge thing that every, I wish more people felt that way. I wish more people understood they didn't always have to be in character. I wish more people knew that they could live their lives normally and then wrestle on the weekends. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, and, but that's also, I think, a different mindset. I think that's just people who know that this is, they're like the kind of people who at six years old knew they wanted to be champion. Like, it's just, that's just their mindset is this is it this is all i do 24 hours a day non-stop seven days a week and truly god bless you man like i love that you can do that like they do that so i don't have to and 10 out of 10 thank you yeah no <laughs> i'm not uh, going to be getting well, I'm not, ring in any capacity anytime soon no thank you i don't i, don't, I, I can't i can't <laughs> i'm very comfortable doing what i'm doing in the way that i'm doing it I'm grateful that I fell into this because like other people, I just yeah, fell into it. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's fun how that happens though. And, and like you, you're like, for again, like you're kind of embracing, which makes it easy for people to come on and talk to you. Right. 
And when we met for the first time, you were very sweet and kind then too. And it was very easy for us just to be buddies at a show. You know, we did that thing that happens when you go to a concert or something, you end up being like that, like that buddy with that person nearby you for like a little bit. And you're like, oh man, that was great. Oh yeah, they play that song, kick ass, dude. You know, that happens. And then, uh, and then you, know, you sort of move on with your lives and stuff. But like, you know, this is great. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very glad that like, that like you're a very genuine person and stuff comes through in your work. So I guess what I'm trying to say. Bless your heart. <laughs> so what would you say has been your greatest achievement in wrestling? And that can be any, anything that you think it would be like, you okay. can answer however you feel. So, wow. That's a good question. I think. I think my greatest achievement in wrestling in a weird this is gonna sound I have a hard time uh, uh I always preface things when I want to say something positive about myself by saying that this is gonna sound vain because like I have a hard time speaking positive about myself. We're working on it. My therapist and I we're we're working on it, we're getting there. Um, but I think one of the best my best achievement in wrestling um is that first season of Wrestlers Lab Alchemy because I and and only because that day specifically needed somebody to grab the reins and 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 sort of just in certain in a certain certain areas like just need to grab the reins and like pull and 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 get everything in order real quick and I you know while the promoters were handling certain things or whatever I just decided like cool AD Brandon's gonna show up and start working and you know I started you know working with everybody and that was a really big day for me because it, it just helped me remember, like it, it, I realized that there's a way that you can work in wrestling and it doesn't always have to be as a performer. You know, you can do production. There's other things in the business. So that was a, that was a good, that was an achievement for me just in that, like it unlocked this part of my brain. Um, but as far as the performer goes, I think the coolest thing wrestling really did actually for me was it made me feel comfortable with myself, like in a way that I'm actually realizing now that's really the biggest thing is it, it, like, you know, I've always, um, I don't know, been drawn to uh, sim simple things, things that seem simple now to me that like, you know, you know, jewelry, things like that, that may have been simpler now that I started by being the ham and, and doing it that way. And it was fun to do in the character. Then slowly, like those little things, those parts of the character started bleeding into my, you know, what I wanted to do in my everyday life. And I think the biggest thing wrestling did for me was make me feel comfortable in who I am as myself, it allowed me to be out, come out publicly and say, I'm a non-binary person, I'm a pan person, this is who I am. And it's because wrestling has an incredible way. It's a very uh, accepting queer community within it, I think. And it's really interesting. And the people that I met when I did that, you know, started doing those, those, those shows, uh, you know, I met a lot of really strong uh, queer people who were unapologetically themselves and it was so inspiring to see them do that you know in their character work and then to also see that that's how they were in their real life and it, and it was this thing where I was like oh you, you you know you don't just need the character to do that you can also do that in your real life um so I, and you know we were saying before how like I, I still like compartmentalize certain things you know certain elements of my life got separated between like okay when I'm in the ham you know I'll do x y and z and then you know, when I'm Brandon, you don't have to worry about it. But th that's the biggest thing wrestling did for me is it made me feel confident in myself, proud of who I am, able to 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 loudly scream from the mountaintops. I'm a non-binary person, and 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 all that jazz. And I know I just said it like really flat, like I didn't care. But I, it's 
it was a big deal for me because I had always known I've been checking boxes off on forms for years, like years, at least years. I've been, but the second that shit was made available on government forms, I was like non-binary. And I just didn't feel like it was necessary to, you know, make a big deal out of it or really share a lot of people. I felt like it was like, I knew it. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, blah, blah, blah. But then, um, you know, a few minutes ago when I was saying how sometimes you do a show and somebody sees you and recognizes themselves in you and they connect with you. That last summer was my first, you know, 2021 was the first summer. I called it hot ham summer. That was the first summer that I really tried to get gigs and to get out there and work. And one of those shows that I did, I did a show in Rhode Island. And after the show, I don't know, some kid, maybe I'm not great with kids ages. So I'm going to say he was eight. Um, it's definitely under 10, older than five, anything in between there. Anyway, this kid came up to me and he gave me a high five, you know, little kids do. And then I could tell he was shy. I was like, I was like, is, is there anything else you want to say? And he told me that he wanted to also grow up to wear pearls like me. Cause it was nice to see a guy wear pearls. Aww. And I was like, what do you do with that? I was like, oh, okay. Well, first of all, honey, <laughs> I was like, you can wear pearls today, tomorrow, the next day, whenever you want to, you can, because you're allowed to, okay? You want permission from anyone on earth? You got it now. And this kid got very, I, I could tell that it was a big deal for them to see. And at the time I was wearing, um, I don't know, I was wearing one of my loud outfits. So I had like, you know, a pink jacket on and pearls on and ascot. You know, when I'm in the character, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Of course, I say that I'm wearing a bunch of jewelry now. But, you know, I, this was in the middle I of like God. That you, I like that you dressed up for the show. Of course I did. Come on. It's for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, it's, uh, um, that was this really int intense moment. I cried in my car for, like, 20 minutes. I was just, I was, I was, I because I didn't think about it at all. Like, I didn't think to myself that when I do this and when I look this way and when I perform and act in these ways, this may happen. Didn't even occur to me. I was just having fun, putting on, you know, different fun outfits and being a goofball and yucking it up and having a good time. And some kid in the audience saw me and was like, there, great, cool. There's one of us. That's awesome to see. I didn't know that I needed that. And it was like... I, I would attribute it to something like when I was younger and I saw the birdcage for the first time and I saw, have you seen the, the movie, the birdcage? Yes. So it's, it's probably my, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Brilliant film. Mike Nichols is a genius filmmaker. Um, and of course, uh, you know, Rob Williams is great in it, but Nathan Lane is for me, the movie is Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane's character is a drag performer and it's very he's a very feminine uh, uh, type man and stuff like that. Probably in the modern era, we would consider them a non-binary person. Um, and when I was a kid and I saw that movie, I saw that movie young. It I resonated with me. I was like, oh, oh, okay. These these options. These are people can do this. That's so cool. And so yeah, that I, I that was this weird moment that I had with some kid in the middle of God, middle of. Uh, I don't know, Warwick, Rhode Island? <laughs> middle, middle of Rhode Island. And I was just like eating a hot dog. I was like, hey man, what's going on? I'm eating a hot dog and some kids just like, yeah, so it's pretty cool to see you. this is, you're awesome. And I'm like, oh, 
fine. And he's like, I just, you know, hope I can wear pearls one day. And it was, it was just so the big deal. And then it's happened, you know, and I know I mentioned it before. It's happened a few other times too, where, you know, kids or, or, or even, even not too long ago, uh, one of the talent on the show asked if I would come out from the locker room, say hi to one of their nephews. Cause, cause they were like, they loved you. They just wanted to say hi to you. And it's just, I don't know when you can connect with people like that and all on all I'm doing really is I'm turning myself up to 11 and I'm wearing loud clothes. And like, that's really all it is. And and the fact that people see that and they're like, yeah, I like that. That I see me in that, you know, that's, 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 that's a really cool feeling. It's a really cool feeling. I didn't think it was ever going to happen to me. So it's a cool feeling. I think that the queer community in wrestling is a beautiful place right now. I think mm. that there's a lot of representation of various aspects of it from Absolutely. non-binary people to, you know, gay and lesbians to bisexuals and pansexuals to gender fluid. Like, yeah, we're, 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 we're all over. I mean, pride and vibe is this weekend, right? That's going to take, that's, 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 that's a huge show. For a lot of reasons. And last year it was really big too. This year's really big, huge show. Lots of great people are going to be on that show. And, you know, when we see these beautiful moments of celebrating, you know, queer people for, for exactly how they are, exactly who we are, like um, Effie's Big Gay Brunch, uh, any, anytime we could see those shows, uh, I don't know, man, it's just, it's so, it's so great to see that we've, we, we've, the queer people queer community has really found like a niche within a niche which i feel like is the history of queer people is finding a niche within a niche somewhere you know but it, it's just it's just so you know and again i said earlier to be even like a microcosm of that bigger much larger picture you know to me feels great i, I grew up with lesbian moms my mom's lesbian I, i've been around queer and gay people my entire life um that's all i've ever known <laughs> um so especially and so like you know and again not gonna make a bummer because like yeah it's just so kind of scary in some places right now and things are are are, are can be unfortunate uh can be unfortunate that's a real light way of putting it um but uh to know that the wrestling community has a queer outlet for not just the performers but for the fans of those people who feel that way to be able to go to. And like I said earlier, shut their brain off from whatever's going on, whatever their day was like. Somebody said some shit to them today that was hurtful and mean or whatever. They can then go and watch these really crazy loud out people celebrating themselves and have this moment the same way. I'm sure when people who you know, watch, you know, drag performers feel that's like, yes, that's, that's us. I feel this. This is beautiful. I love this. You know, that's, that's how I feel, you know, the queer wrestling community is, can be and stuff. Like I, I love it. It's, and that's, I think that's what has really continued to make me feel like I want to continue being in wrestling is being part of the, the, the queer community within it, because it's just, um, and not even that I want to be a part of it. Like, even as a fan, those are the people that I would want to keep, keep watching, you know? Those are the groups of people that I want to support. Those are the, those, the guys. They're doing it, man. They're crushing it. They're making they're making this beautiful space in the cell within this very insane industry. I have been fortunate to have been to all of the big gay branches that have occurred thus far. That's and awesome. 
the the first time I, I went to the the one in Indiana, the collective in 2020, and that was the first Pride event that I went to after coming out like publicly. Mazels. Congrats. That must have been awesome. And and I, I cried a little bit because it was so just like it's overwhelming. Yeah, it was like my my people. <laughs> it's 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 huge. I, I it's 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 overwhelming to see to see like you know it's it's just um especially like with those big gay brunch shows like I, so i i was i wanted to go to the one this past year at the collective and then i unfortunately like i said earlier i i unfortunately had to hit like a, a, a wall and i just and i couldn't get myself out of my hotel room it was actually it's very weird like <laughs> Be honest, everybody. It was a very serious depression moment where I was like, "Wow, this sucks." I'm. Uh, it was a really rough, really rough morning, and I had to really pull myself out of the nosedive because I had to go see Stone Cold later. Um, so I really had to pull myself out of the nosedive that day. Uh, and and I want to say thank you, In and Out. Thank you for pulling me out of that nosedive. That burger was that fucking good. And I was like, I was like depression. You you know when you're depression eating, and you get to that food that finally cures the depression, and you're like. Oh, what the fuck are you? What are you? Yeah, that was me. Um, I'm going to town on Double Double midway through the day that day. And and I was upset because I missed that show, though. And, and I was sad because that was something I was really looking forward to and I really wanted to. And I knew that if I had gone there, the environment would have picked me up and stuff like that. But I just didn't have the energy truly required for that environment. I just did. I couldn't. It was not. It was, and I and I mean that in the most positive way. It's such a cool thing. That's exactly what I mean. It queer people have made this awesome space within wrestling, and and you know, it's just they're taking over. Like like so many queer wrestlers and queer people and people in the LGBTQ community, like are are in are like continuously like headlining events and you know having matches on. You know, I, I mean, just this past week we had. Um, uh, 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 Nyla versus um, um uh, yes, thank you, thank you, Maxine. They, oh, that's good. um, uh, 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 they would eat me alive. Um, uh, uh, anyway, they um, so anyway, it's just it's really cool. It's just so wonderful to see this stuff happening, and it's so wonderful to see so many queer people at so many wonderful spots and so many different places across wrestling, and and it's no longer just like, you know one person who's an open secret or, you know, something like that. And, and, and unfortunately I tell some, some friends of mine who are in me, I'm old enough to remember when it was like, Oh, it's an open secret. We all know, but no, 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 don't, don't talk about that. We don't talk, we don't talk about that one cousin that we have, you know, like we, I remember like that weird phase of her, of, of living like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, was... I was in Catholic school when my mom came out. It was not a fun time. <laughs> I was raised Catholic and I'm from a small town in middle South Dakota. So, um, there was, there was none. There was none. Uh, it's, oof, that's rough. That's rough, dude. That's rough. And, and it's, I know I'm fortunate that like, you know, I had, you know, lesbian mom, right. That's great. I get, you know, um, but you know, it's definitely like I said, I lived in a town where, um, like, like when the kids found out I had two moms, like you can only imagine what high school boys, like the jokes that they make about you having two moms. And oh. you're like, you know, that's my mom, right? Like my mother, but like you're, you wear, I'm, 
Like, and I need you to know the joke you're making. I have, I don't, and you shouldn't have interest in that either because that's my mom. <laughs> the gross thing you don't want to see. You don't want to see that. You don't actually want me to put the camera in their room for you. Why would you suggest that? That is my mom. Like, I this I, this has nothing to do with how my, like, and you thought that through, did you? Though, while we're on the subject, only because it's a really funny story. One time, I was on the wrestling team in my high school, and I was not very good. And, um, which I don't did not need to throw in there, but I, it's not very good. I'm not what you call athletically inclined. Uh, <laughs> I'm very good at sitting down and being lazy. Uh, Shoot, but, uh, I ain't and, good at that. I'll get a crick in my neck from sitting like a dummy too long. And... Um, right. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, one time we were at a wrestling meet, and my uh, my mom was with me, and the kids and the the kids who I was on a wrestling team with were were were, were, were the like worst people like just the worst just the ad it's not like a shot at wrestling high school teams but like my high school wrestling team was the worst people and they were just relentlessly doing like your mom jokes and lesbian jokes constantly to the point where my mother then was sitting next to me and they for whatever reason did not piece together that the like woman in her 40s next to me was most likely my parent my mom got up and turned to this group of like probably maybe five or six teenage boys and was like let me make something clear I get more pussy than any of you. And I know what to do with it. So you can shut up. All right? Go play with yourself somewhere else. And I'm just like... My mom. Also (laughs) gross. Gross mom. But cool, but gross. Mom, come on! Yeah, need that of, today <laughs> such a great moment and i i love that moment because man like she just like these kids like sorry sorry we're, we're sorry we're so much we're so sorry it's like yeah yeah you better be and like one of like the parents was like eileen you have to just like what were you guys gonna do anything about it no so yeah so anyway sorry i know that was way off topic not wrestling related but i love that story because that's the type of thing that that's what you know what I, I, ha, I'm gonna turn it into what it's about. That's what the queer wrestling space is like now. It's literally that. It's the queer wrestling space has become my mom standing up and being like, like that's what we've become. Like we've become this like queer wrestling space has become the spot of like and what, and what, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? This person is gay. Who gives a shit? This person is trans. Who gives a shit? That, no, they're wrestlers. They're talent. They're going out there. They're doing their job. Let them go do their jobs. That's what we become. This we've become this group of like who we don't care anymore. Not only are they doing their job, they're doing it better <laughs> and in a more entertaining way that ropes people in and Absolutely. keeps people entertained. So many, you know, obviously there's a lot to be said about how like modern culture has has you know has taken things from a lot of different like you know subcultures within like you know the queer community. Different communities have like you know, had their sort of like niche things and extracted and commercialized in different ways or whatever. Like how, you know, drag culture has somehow become like, it's, you know, there's a drag race, you know, there's TV shows about it. Everyone, you know, um, uh, it, it's, it's interesting to see how, I don't know, how all those things like intersect and how all that's come into wrestling too. And it's just really cool. Like, especially with like, you know, like, uh, like that pride and, like I'm gonna use the Pride and Vibe just because it has to be coming up. 
But uh, other events like that too, any event that like wants to showcase, you know, unabashedly showcase queer talent. You know, I, I, I did a show back in November uh, for IWW called Thoughts and Prayers. And that was such a great time because that was also this excellent celebration of queer people. We had drag performers. Uh, uh, we had um, uh, so many people were on that, were on that show. And, and it, was, it was, again, it was this moment of celebrating who we are by doing the thing we love, which is pro wrestling. You know, and that's that's such a cool thing to do, and to have it be, to have wrestling go from the, what was it, Bill and Chuck or whatever? What was that crap oh. from the? Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't have, I'm not going into, it, but you know, to go from that, to go, to go from your gimmick is you gay, <laughs> like to go from that to, like this is the gay person, and while that's part of who they are, that's not everything they do. Or if you want to be that person, you know, you're like, I'm a gay person. This is everything I do. I eat, sleep, and breathe being gay. Also, I'm the greatest of all time. My name is Effie. Like, <laughs> you know, like there's there's ways to do it. And it's just it's just great that like it's not like open secret, like, huh? Huh? And it's also not like, hello. Like it's it's everyone can sort of do whatever version of it they need to do. It's great. And it's not looked at as like a joke or Yeah. Yeah, it's not played like, for laughs. Yeah, I, I I've only only once have I have I ever been somewhere and I got I did get upset about this where they they told me I was a heel and I was like what have you met me like not to be not to be that guy or anything and I was like I, I can't I can I can try but I'm not I don't have a lot of heelish tendencies or whatever they're like yeah but like you know and I was like I mm, what they're like yeah, you know you know why. And I was like, can you just, I'm sorry, I'm going to need you to say it. For, I need you to, to get the words out of your mouth because you won't say it yet. And that's how I know you know this is fucked up. So please say the words to me. Say that because I'm a queer person, I'm a heel. Please say it to me. And, and they were like, ah, said, oh, okay, no, you, you, you're taking it all wrong. You're taking it all wrong. Take it all wrong. Take it all wrong. It's not what we're talking about. It's just that, you, you know, because of how you sort of are. And I was like, I don't. I'm not, I'm not grasping any of what she's saying. I was like, any of the other times I do shows, I'm really nice and kind to people. I'm goofy. I interact with the kids. And so I was like, if you want me to be a heel and be a dick and be a bad guy, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> I can do that. I have no problem doing that. I just want to know that you want that for th the reason you want me to do it is not because you think I'm a queer person, therefore I'm a villain. I was like, that's... That's all I want from this conversation. It was a very strange, weird moment for me. It was a weird day. That, but that's only once. Only one time has that ever happened. And in all the various random places and people I've met and talked to, that's the only time it's happened. And and once more than enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, had to, I, I had to ask a couple of people. It was one of those things that I thought that was really strange. And I had to sort of ask somebody else if that was weird for them. I was like, so this is how I reacted. I just want to make sure that I didn't sort of burn a bridge here. And they're like, no, I, I think you're merited. A, that's a, that's an okay response. You're allowed to be mad like that. Like, did I misinterpret this? Like, I don't think that I did, but it's right? so I was bizarre. Like, I don't think there's another way to take that. <laughs> like, I, just, I just don't think so. <laughs> I wasn't sure, but they did the hand gesture. 
When they did the hand gestures. And then (laughs) they did both. They did the and the and the how are you gonna do both hand gestures, man? Come on. Come on. How are you gonna how are how are you gonna do both? And like, oh man. And the funny part was there was like like what I'm gonna I'm gonna say the equivalent of like a production assistant like nearby like just like holding like a, like holding like a clipboard just watching this happen and just like panicking just knowing that like this older person who and I will and I will stress this was not actively trying to be homophobic or mean I think they were just set in their sort of very old wrestling mentality of like this is how it is kind of thing oh everyone anybody who dressed like that would be the heel you know like that sort of I'm giving them a lot of benefit of the doubt right here. I know that I am, but still. And this kid is just watching this person just, just dig a hole and me be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And could you do the the hand gesture again? Oh, okay, good. I, I didn't, I wasn't clear enough the first time. Good, good. Oh, you know what? Could you actually get a get a whiteboard and write this down for me? I want to make sure it's spelled out. <laughs> like, could you could you draw me a picture per chance? Braille. I need Braille. Can we get, <laughs> can we get I need all forms of written communication. <laughs> need you to send me a telegraph for later so i can just file this away <laughs> ham you are a heel stop it turns out that you may be gay stop <laughs> news off the wire says <laughs> it's coming in now oh no they've shot the kaiser sorry i don't sorry i can't i can't help it i just start doing bits <laughs> I really like the old time radio guy like that. I really that's a can't help it. It's like it just it's it's so naturally. I feel the sound so silly. It's naturally occurring. It just comes out like I don't think about it. It just falls out of my mouth. <laughs> so um, we're already an hour and a half in. I oh. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> if you have more questions, we can we can go through them. I'm so yeah. glad. No, I'm loving the conversation, especially just because, you know, I like when the conversation just flows naturally from one thing to another, um, because that makes it fun and different. And that yeah. makes this, that makes our conversation different from conversations I have with other people. Well, and we, conversations we the MSP record. That you probably have with other people. <laughs> and, and, you know, other podcasts that you may do, like... Mm. This is very conversation. I'm really having just a fun time talking with you. Like, it's really nice. Like, I'm having like, a nice time just, like, chatting with you, which is why, like, to anybody watching or future listening to this, I'm really sorry that my ADT, like, will go on little tangents here and there. I like to think that the through line through all this is that queer people are great. I really enjoy wrestling. <laughs> you know, if that's the main takeaway from today, we by it. all means. Nailed right? it. Crushed it. Knocked it out of the park. But if there was a the ham action figure and it was one of the ones that could talk, what would you want it to say? But also what accessories would it come with? Wow, that is such a loaded question. Oh my god. Okay. Um Okay. When (laughs) I always thought my like dream catchphrase for myself would be just me going. Oh, honey, no. Like, 
You pull a little cord and just, honey, no. And like, imagine it's like, Brandon, that was an action figure available to, to, to sass your friends. What? Honey, no. And the little kid's like, yeah, your nails are ugly. <laughs> like, no, we're nice to people. We just tell we just told everybody we weren't mean. <laughs> um, but really, uh, I would, I would, um, man. Oh, honey, no, it's hard to top actually. Um, I can tell you right now, the accessories you come with are, it had to have pearls, very important. Naturally. It has to have the pearls, which is huge amount. Man, when I put on pearls the first time, I was like, that's it. That's the character right there. Ba bam, ba boom. Uh, rings. Um, I, us I usually have a couple of rings on. As we can see here, I have my rings on. Uh, this one, my partner got me for our 12th anniversary. Very sweet of her. Um, if you been with me for 12 years, <laughs> why? <laughs> like, what? Crazy. Uh, you, you are, she is a crazy person and in the best way. <laughs> anyone, anyone, can you imagine like living with this for like 12 years? Ugh, no, thanks. Um, anyway, uh, I've had to live with this for 30, oh, gonna be 34 years, a week from tomorrow, a week from yesterday. So my birthday is uh, next week. Um, anyway, um, yeah, pearls for sure, a microphone. Um, although the reason I'm professionally loud is I don't actually need a microphone. I am one of the loudest people I is not even I just know I am the loudest person most people know. I always talk loudly. Do not mean to, I listen to music loudly. I've had mo I've gone <laughs> I once went to a doctor to be like, I'm just loud. Can you check to make sure my ears aren't totally messed up? But they're like, no, nah, your ears are fine. I think you're just a loud person. I was like, okay, good to know. Can you get that can I get that in writing? <laughs> so that when people complain about it, there's a reason. Um, like, no, I have a certificate. <laughs> I have a note. I have a note from a doctor that says I get to be loud. Uh, oh, God, sorry. My earring got all caught up in there. Um, yeah, microphone, pearls. Uh, as far as the jackets go, I'm looking at my jacket from the back there. Probably the one that I call Dolly is my jacket with the flowers on it. I don't know. There's a picture of me with it. Uh, it's got, like, flowers embroidered on it. I call that jacket Dolly because it makes me think of Dolly Parton. So I probably have that. Um yeah, so so my catchphrase is when you pull the little ripcord would definitely be, oh, honey, you know, and then uh, probably um, we love it because I say that a lot. We love it. We love this. We love you. When I'm like fully in hand mode, we love it. We love everything about this, darling. Everything you're doing, it's all hands. It's a lot of me doing this, a lot of jazz hands. <laughs> it's a lot of hands and uh, and me being like, honey, you're doing fabulous. I love you. Um because I really, I really, since I, since I first started doing theater, I was that kid behind the stage. It was just making sure everybody was, felt good, doing good, got to be in good mo, got to be in a good headspace to do a live show. So, yeah. Brandon Hamilton an action figure. Sass your friends. Impress your mom. <laughs> I do need to sass my friends, so. It's your friends, guys. Do it more often. Put your friends in check. Let them know. Remind them, remind them who's the boss. That should be, that should be the t-shirt. Remind them who's boss. Sass <laughs> your friends. That's your friends. That's your friends. <laughs> 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 Keep doing cactus jackfingers for some reason. <laughs> but, I mean, you have to, right? Right? <laughs> have to do something with these. <laughs> got it, guys. They don't stop down. God, I can't, God, uh, what do you, I, my, my mom's, my mom's wife is Italian. 
I inherited things. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm a hand talker just generally. Um, so I get it. I mean, maybe you can relate. Um, definitely at one point when I was in elementary school, talking with my hands, knocked somebody else's punch tray out of their hands. And you're oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> I was, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always moving and stuff like that. So yeah, I was definitely a, a knocking things over. My family uh, would take, you know, whatever glass of milk, water, whatever it was, and like put it like a head, like in the center of the table. So I couldn't reach it unless someone got it for me. So I wouldn't spill it because that's how often I would like, it's, you know, just do some random ass ADD thing and knock it over. The hands, you know? they but have a mind of their own. Hands would be drumming on something, you know. <laughs> I'm a fidgeter, so yep. I get it. Big time. <laughs> um. So you go to shows, you have to travel. What are you listening to on your travels? Ooh, okay. Um, Music-wise or podcast-wise? I, I like to listen to both. Both? Okay, all right. So, podcast-wise. Well, I'm going to blow everyone's mind. I do not listen to most wrestling podcasts. Not a big wrestling podcast person. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that I do a lot of stuff with wrestling. I also don't need four hours of two people being like, now... Tell me why this happened. Like, I don't need four hours of, of that. And then the other guy being like, well, I'll tell you why it happened. Because two people got together and decided they were going to have a May. Like, that's 400% of wrestling. Fire, not a bad. So, I like to listen to a show called How Did This Get Made? Which is a uh, movie podcast um, hosted by uh, three of my favorite comedians, uh, Paul Shear. Jason Manzukis and Paul Shear's wife, uh, Jude Diane Rayfield. Brilliant comedians. They watch bad movies and joke about them. It's a very funny show. Uh, Jason Manzukis, they're, they're people whose voices you may recognize. And if you like, were to Google them, you'd see their picture and be like, oh, those actors. I've seen them in a million things. They're very, very funny people. Uh, there's another show I really enjoy, another podcast I enjoy called uh, Get Played, which is like a video game podcast uh, that was sort of initially in the same vein as that other movie show where they played bad game to talk about it but it was like it seemed to be killing the host of the show because they're playing such bad games and they're like and you could hear in the audio they were losing their minds and you're like oh god please do something better for yourselves just just stop. um just stop it you don't have to do this is that michael jordan meme stop it get some help <laughs> um, um so yeah i'm a big fan of those uh because i grew up watching um Mr. Science Theater 3000. So I Same. love a big fan of um, Mr. Science Theater 3000. So I, I've always been a fan of watching and critiquing and joking and that sort of thing. Like it's something I've always really enjoyed. Um, as far as music goes, boy, that's a whole other like multiple hour podcast. Um, depending upon what mood I'm in. So I, I love, I love me. Okay, everyone loves music. I love music. Um, music is a huge part of my, is a huge part of my life. I've been playing guitar since you know forever ago um and uh god man so i, lo I love listening to uh recently i have been, i've been on a weird phil collins kick i don't know why but i've had the song easy lover stuck in my head like non-stop for like two weeks and then like every time i listen to it i'm reminded of like how great the production value on that song is that's awesome but uh we just got a new car and so this is the first time I've had, a new, I've had a car with like a nice like speakers and stuff in it. And so one of the first things I did was listen to the Doom soundtrack from the video game Doom, 
which is just like thundering, blistering, brutal, like heaviest of heavy metal. And I'm just like out in my car, and just have the time of my life. So I like to listen to really loud thundering metal. One of my favorite bands that I highly encourage anybody who's watching this, listening to this, who likes metal, band called Mutoid Man. They're based out of New York. They kick ass. They're fucking awesome. Great group. Um, uh, let's see. Other good groups. Uh, let's do Caven, uh, who is has members of Mutoid Man in it. Uh, classic stuff. I do I do love other music that isn't metal. So, so I love classical music, actually. I'm a big, big fan of opera, theater, and classical music. Um, I like to, like, depending it's really about like setting and weather will affect what I'm listening to. Like sometimes like I was doing a show once and I had to drive up like the Eastern, like up the coast, like towards Maine. And I was like driving, it was kind of like a, a, a cloudy day or whatever. So I just listened to sea shanties for a while because it, I was driving along the coast. There's an ocean nearby. It's cloudy outside. And I was like, this seems like a time to listen to maritime music. And so there I was just casually listening to sea shanties. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm that level of history dork, but I also knew the words to a bunch of the songs. So it was really like a sing-along. <laughs> you had like all the historical context for the sea shanty. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, some of them down that level of nerd where like, I love nautical history. So yeah. Like, like, like. Oh, when, uh, the sea shanty. Yeah. I'm like, I, there was a, what was it? One of the Assassin's Creed games, Black Flag, where when you, when you were in the boat in the game, you sail around and start singing sea shanties and like. I played that game a bunch, so like I got I memorized a bunch of the songs anyway. And then like the history nerd in me went out of their way to like learn like when this song came from or who wrote that song, or how long have they been singing this song? Because I get very inquisitive and and when I like something, I want to know every single thing about it, every possible piece of information I can possibly know about it. I just devour. Oh, also the Batman soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the most recent Batman soundtrack was next level so good (laughs) i got into classical music a couple years ago um i like to listen to it on my way to work nice that's really the only time i listen to it but like in the morning on my way to work i'm like it's a nice way to start your day classical station right like yeah i i I got into class i had a i had a wonderful music teacher when I was in high school, so I, I went to a, a, like I said earlier, I went to a, a Catholic school. So of course, the only music I had was Jesus. And then after Hymns. that, yeah, <laughs> gotta love them. I got in so much trouble because for for when we were in eighth grade, we were allowed to bring whatever music we wanted into class and like play it and like give a little presentation our taste in music. And at the time, my favorite band was Black Sabbath. So I put on the song Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath. And if, and if you're not heard of it, it um it starts with like a bell, just like like a really like like and it's in D minor, so it sounds scary. It just sounds like a like a haunting bell and the like rainstorming, and then just really heavy power chord comes in. It just sounds like literally sounds like Satan is like crawling out of the ground to like come and possess you. And I'm just like in crowd, just man i got in so much trouble <laughs> I had to go to the principal's office and shit oh that was the time. So, we didn't have catholic school where i'm at because i'm from a really small town and there's that sort of thing but um i did grow up catholic my mom was very catholic my mom played organ in church 
Ooh. And she practiced every week. Oh, that's a lot. So many hymns. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of hymns. A lot of hymns. Yeah. So when I so, so when I got into high school and I got to meet this this his, this music teacher that I had, he introduced me to lots of classical music. Because at that time I only knew it through like movies, movie scores. I was already a big movie person, so like I was already a fan of like John Williams, and this 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 teacher, Mr. Hermnock, he was the one that introduced me to people like um, Korngold, who was a who was a composer in the early era of filmmaking, who actually inspired John Williams in a lot of ways. If you listen to the movie, if you listen to Korngold's music, and you listen to Star Wars, you're like, oh, this is the exact same thing, <laughs> like like almost verbatim the same exact music um this is it, almost it's, it's, plagiarism <laughs> <laughs> there's one i'm trying to think of it in, I, I forget the name of i think it's the seahawk is the name of the movie the there is there's a piece of the score that is literally the star wars imperial march it's the exact note for note the same exact thing um but that's how i, I love classical music i uh if you if you've never gotten to see a symphony or anything live i highly encourage it like if you love because as someone who likes to go live events and stuff like that there is there's something so profoundly cool about seeing like like you know somewhere between like 50 50 or so musicians collectively playing this one piece of music all because like as much as i love and i've seen many bands i love you know you know you're you know plenty of modern music i love it it's great um but and as great as it is to see like you know pearl jam killing it with all five of those dudes something about like a full orchestra like all working together to make that like collective sound that just like hits you like a ton of bricks like i got to see han zimmer the film composer han zimmer i saw his live show and when he played the lion king music i cr- i just cried just oh just just weeping uncontrollable weeping because i was like this is so emotional right now <laughs> that was that was a good show Oh, yeah. So yeah, lots of music. So I'm a snack person, and when I'm on long drives, like I'm like I have like I'm a snack source rack, so I like snacks. What are your like go to snacks? Well, I'm a big person. I like snacks. I'm a big guy. I like to eat. Um, I have a weakness for little snack cakes. So like little Debbie's or tasty cakes. Like whenever I see a Wawa, you be knowing I'm getting my tasty cake on um a big sucker for like yodels those kinds of things like i love like like <laughs> probably shouldn't but you know whatever uh but those those are big but then um i also like i really love chewy granola bars like and i eat them like you're supposed to have one right not like five <laughs> like eat, one like, box <laughs> yeah like, like a whole box of them man like they're they're, they're tasty and then, like, because they're granola bars, I'll tell myself that they're healthy. <laughs> um, I uh, love honey roasted peanuts. Love honey roasted peanuts. Like, this is one of my things that I that I always that I always take with me on rides. Um, when I, yeah, when I'm doing long rides, it's usually a bit of candy, some something something chewy. Um, I like a, I like a sour, um, you know, like a sour patch kid. Excuse me. Um, gotta have uh, plenty of the devil's lettuce with me, of course. Uh, 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 you know, gotta have plenty of that to, to, to not, but not while operating a vehicle. That's not what you do. Um, uh, but, uh, it's not how you're supposed to use that. Um, but, uh, uh, one thing I really enjoy doing when I'm driving, um, and when I'm in locations, new locations is my, I love diners. Diners are my favorite, favorite type of restaurant. 
and I will go out of my way to find a small local diner and have nine times out of 10, I will order two eggs, scramble with cheddar cheese with corned beef hash and rye toast. And like, that's, that's my, like, if you cook that, you can do anything. Because when I was a chef, I was taught that eggs is the, is the ultimate test. Ultimate test of food service is if you can cook an egg properly. Cause if you cook an egg properly without burning it, you're God because they burn so easily. So yeah, so that's 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 my big thing. Is I'll usually so when I have my stacks in the car, it's like usually a thing of of uh, honey roasted peanuts, a bit of candy, um, usually a snacky cake or two, and then a gigantor bottle of water. Nor, nor I usually have like a liter bottle with me somewhere, a big old bottle of water, and uh, coffee. Lots and lots and lots of coffee. <laughs> I love coffee i drink like four cups of coffee a day it is my favorite beverage it is my favorite it is my favorite probably my favorite food is coffee so do you have like usually when people travel for wrestling especially it seems for wrestling um there's usually at least one really good travel story where like something crazy happened or like you almost died <laughs> or it was just like a series of like really hilarious events. Like, do you have a good travel story that you can share with the class today? You know, I, I don't, mm. I mean, like I don't, fortu- I've been fortunate that I haven't had too many crazy, crazy travels. I will say most recently, one of my most recent drives was we did Showabunga in, in, in the H2O Center, which is at the bottom of New Jersey. And then the next day I had to be in Long Island to do production for another show. That's about a two and a half, three hour drive, right? Now, I got up that morning and it was overcast, but it didn't look like it was gonna be too bad. I started driving, I got like maybe 10 minutes into driving and uh, a torrential downpour, uh, that to which I have not seen in my life in many, many years, just followed me. And I mean, like, I, I felt like a cart, like Daffy Duck when he's a mad and the cloud just following him. Like, that's how it felt. Like, it was insane. The amount of water that was pouring on my car. I was like, is this a joke? Is it, Am I a joke to you? And in, in, during that storm, this was a chance car. An 18-wheeler, like, decided, it's my time to change lanes. And just without looking. And I was, you know, um, you know, this is like the whole 18-wheeler. Like, my car was, like, here. And he was just like, this is my lane now. Yeah. And that was not fun for me. Uh, uh, just, that wasn't fun for me. <laughs> um, so that was rough. So then I ended up getting to the venue I needed to get to. And and unfortunately, it was a very extremely, it was upsetting. It was quite, it was unfortunately triggering for me in some ways. So uh, my brain went to shutdown mode. So I was like, I need to go somewhere else for a little bit there, guys. And they're like, are you okay? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not. So I went and Now that you mention it. <laughs> now, that, now that I can talk about it because I'm alive. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. Uh, I went and took like a three-hour nap in my car. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was, that was, it was a much needed like three-hour nap. But yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a crazy thing. Uh, the only other like fun travel story I have was, was one time I drove, I'd worked with this guy for a little bit. Is that me? No, oh, I don't know what that was. Uh, sorry. Uh, I think my, my, my watch beeped. Anyway. Um, what year are you in? Yeah. Right. What are you, what are you doing? Who told you to beep? 
Anyway, um, I was trying to talk to my wife to get that me. Oh, right. So anyway, one time I drove a, a, quite a distance to to this guy who I'd worked a few times and had stiffed me multiple multiple times. This guy had stiffed me, and at that point I was finally like just pissed about it. I was really mad, and I got to this location. It was a shitty place. And I was fucking mad because like this was this was just grimy. And I, I I went over the promoter and I was like, I need you to know that I just drove four hours to tell you that I'm not working for free anymore. So whatever make whatever piece you need to make with that right now. So you're either paying me for do this gig or I'm or I'm or I'm gonna go drive four hours back home. And he was like, No, well, hold on a second. I was like, Thank you for the answer. I appreciate it. Um, I'm glad to know that that's, you know, no hard feelings. That's okay. I understand that you thought you were getting something for free. That's okay. I am now done here. And I got in the car and I left. So that was another, that's another really good time. And that's, I just, and I need anyone to hear, to hear me now know that this wasn't like a power move. This wasn't like meant to be a dick. This is, this is someone I had worked with multiple times, but stiffed me on multiple occasions and, and not for nothing, but pay your talent. Like I know that's apparently a hot button issue these days. I'm like, um, that's a good thing to bring up this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently that's a hot button issue this week. It How should, timely. <laughs> should be, it should be a normal thing we do, but here we are. Um, apparently we work in a carny business. Um, I, I have heard that. Heard that I've before. Heard that. I don't know. My friend's last name is Carney. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's so, their so business? Those, those, are probably, those are my, right? Oh my God. Oh boy, you owe me some money, dude. Um, but yeah, those are probably the craziest travels I ever had. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to not have anything too, too crazy where I missed a flight or had to hitchhike my way somewhere or any of the nonsense that some people do. Uh, <laughs> so I just have a few more questions and then we'll go to questions from chat and then we'll wrap up. Sounds great. So what would you tell a 10 year old version of yourself? If you could go back in time and visit yourself, what would you, what would you say? so many things just oh boy so many things um i feel like a lot of you know the home run answer is that hey buddy it gets better it's not so bad um i would really sit down and tell my 10 year old there's some things that i would say that like you know I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to reveal too much of my, my life to everybody. But, uh, you know, there's certain things that I'd be like, hey, so I get that we think this is the end of existence right now. And it's not. And it's going to be okay. And don't worry, we're going to figure ourselves out at some point. And I'm sorry, it's not sooner or as soon as you would probably like. But the good news is that you were right the entire time. That's what I would tell. I would tell my 10-year-old self, don't worry, you're you are right. You're correct. Whatever you're thinking about yourself right now is true. And I'm sorry that you're not in an environment that everybody is allowing you to embrace that stuff yet. But you'll get there eventually. And it'll be really fun and really nice when you do. And you'll feel really good about yourself afterwards. Aww. That's what I would want to say to my 10-year-old self. Then my 10-year-old self would be like, huh? What? what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and be like, all right, well, give it. have you watched Rocky Horror yet? Oh, okay. Here's a copy of Rocky Horror. I'll be over here. When you're done with it, come back over here. You'll get there. And then the You'll kid will come there. over and be like, I get the pearls now. I'd be like, yeah, 
We learned a lot about ourselves today, didn't we? <laughs> we learned a lot about us today, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. Mm-hmm. Sure did. <laughs> we're supposed to find them attractive. Yes. Yes, you were. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> Perfectly normal. Perfectly Perfectly fine. normal way to look. It's Tim Curry. You absolutely should find them attractive. <laughs> Just you wait till you watch the Thornberries. <laughs> Smashing, darling. You're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna take a second, but you'll get there. (laughs) You'll get there. there. I promise you, you'll get there, buddy. (sighs) So, what is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight with just your hands, no weapons? And you can pretend it's attacking you so you don't have to attack a defensive animal. Here's the thing I have a lot of pet allergies and animal allergies, so a house cat could take me down. (laughs) So, there's a lot of animals I would try. The funny thing is, I love animals. So, Dumb dumb me, pets every dog I see, pets every cat I see, loves animals, but I have, I call it the uh, Lenny from a Mice and Men complex, where the smaller the animal, the more delicate I try to be, and I feel like I'm going to hurt them by accident, so I'll be like, oh no! Like, my friend has um, ferrets, and they're just hairy little noodles, I don't know if you've ever held a ferret, but they're just little noodles. And I went to hold it one day and it was like, surprise, motherfucker! And just like, wheels the way out! And I was like, bah! So, literally, I would say any animal could beat me. A fucking snail, probably? I don't know. Um, okay, alright. But really, I think I would say the animal that I would have, this, this is an animal that I would have a chance fighting. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. An animal that I would have a chance fighting is like I feel like a chicken, like a chicken, because they would outrun, no, no, they would outrun me, no, no, that's not a good one either, three-toed sloth, and that's only because they are slow, and slow enough for me to be like, hey, get out of here, and then be like, fang, and that'd be the, that'd be, that'd be the conflict, otherwise I'd probably have an allergy attack with any animal that decides they want to come near me, horse, sneezing, dog, sneezing, Animals without hair, I don't know, probably impaled. <laughs> what about like a tortoise? Oh, that'd be fun. You know, I just, it's so funny to talk about animals. Just this past weekend, my partner and I, as part of our anniversary, uh, we we went and um, we, 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 we went away and we were able to get a private tour of a zoo, which was really cool. Oh, and it, it was so rad. And I, we, yeah, we didn't. zoos. I, I love animals so much, and the fact that I'm allergic is a real bummer for me. But the zookeeper at one point was like, they were just carrying this little bin around with um, the like half half the trip they just had this bin, and they're like, yeah, this is one of our buddies. We're we're gonna let him out in a little bit so we can walk around. And so eventually we get to the part where she opens the bin, and it's this tortoise. It's this it's this, this desert tortoise, and he just comes out and he's just like, you know, like. That's going. and like i was like i love him i love him so much oh my god he's my favorite and 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 apparently he was this breed of tortoise that have like this little like undershell piece right and what they do with it is they and and choose the 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 woman was explaining to us that they'll either you know use it like rest their chin on when they're sleeping or if they're eating a really big piece of something they'll leave it as a plate or it's actually used for flipping other flipping over other tortoise so the tort, this thing would just come over to like a shoe 
and try to like flip it like it was a tortoise and then it wouldn't happen and you could just see it be like all right this is the one this is one two damn it what am i doing wrong (laughs) and then like you just seem like i'm like slink over to the corner and then like you know the three of us would be talking my partner the zookeeper and i there was like an antelope i was pending i was petting you know next to me or whatever you would just see this turtle like get himself in position again to be like this is the winner i fuck i'm so I'm do it this time. Time. i'm so excited about it damn it <laughs> like, I just, i've never seen an animal make the son of a bitch face before but man <laughs> this little tortoise was like God, what am I doing wrong? This is how it's supposed to go. Like he goes like inside of his shell. He's got like a little like he's got like a map and he's got like a he's doing he's got like an abacus. He's got like equations. He's like I don't. He has like a little manual, but it's it's not important. <laughs> using your shell. <laughs> <laughs> the book's upside down because he can't read. It's like in sea turtles. I think it's the right one. I think it's oh god, I knew I should have paid attention to sea turtle class. <laughs> oh goodness, that's funny. So how do you take your pancakes? Ooh. So one my, my first job in food service was at a breakfast restaurant. I was a little I was a little baby brand, I was a dishwasher. And um my chef made apple cinnamon pancakes. Just blows your mind. So it was so good. Uh, he would roast off the apples with uh, cardamom, nutmeg, uh, cinnamon, little um, uh, vanilla uh, with vanilla beans, not like the syrup. But, uh, you would take the you know you take the point of your knife. Um, for those of you guys who don't know how to do this, you take a vanilla bean, slap it down the table, take the point of your knife, cut it. And then, and then you're going to drag it across the inside of the bean, get all that nice, nice vanilla seeds out there. Delicious. And, and, and yeah, man, Rick and Rickles, he would make the best. So yeah, he would make me that, uh, when we had a really busy day and I, if I was ever, ever able, if I was, if I kept up on everything and like, we didn't run out of plates or anything and I kept up on the dish work or whatever, he would make me a nice stack of those apple cinnamon pancakes. So good. Apple cinnamon is absolutely the undisputed winner of fall flavors and completely underrated. Ten apple out of cinnamon ten. is the way to go. Ten out Excellent of ten. Choice. Ten out of ten, dude. It, it, Excellent never, choice. So, I can't eat raw apples anymore. They were my favorite fruit growing up, and at some point, my allergies were like, "No, no animals or apples, dummy." So I can only eat cooked st- or stewed apples, right? And you know, it's weird. I don't know. It's something in the starch. I haven't quite figured it out. I don't know what. It, I've tried every variant of it. I, taking the skin off i organic of everything anyway mm. um yeah it's it's to the point where the last time i talked to a doctor about it i gave them the whole like i believe it's something in the starch of the food blah blah, blah. And he was <laughs> like that sounds maybe like it's right but also like you're just using words that you think sound doctory and i was like mm, i concur <laughs> <laughs> but do you concur sir that's my that's my pipe um <laughs> i thought that was like a, a like an apple sampling <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my so. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, apples and great flavor, delicious food. So I'm gonna take you on like a little journey and just go on like the journey with me mentally, not physically. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm on a journey with you. Oh yeah. 
So you are at the store and you're like kind of hungry for something sweet and you're like going down the aisles and you decide today that you want, you want cookies. So you go to the cookie aisle and there's so many cookies. There's, you know, you decide though that you don't want chocolate chip cookies. You don't want peanut butter cookies. You don't want like the Milano cookies. You want America's favorite cookie, which is the Oreo. And so you go to the section and there's, there's so many, you know, new flavors that they have and stuff, but you're like, no, no, no. I want like the old school, like chocolate cookie, white cream center Oreo, but there's still options, right? Cause like you can get like the thin Oreos with like the mm-hmm. thin cookies and the thin frost, like the thin cream, mm-hmm. or you can get like your, 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 you know, regular single stuffed Oreo, your, you know, classic Oreo, if you will, classic. <laughs> You yeah. can, you can, you know, you can get a double stuffed Oreo with like the, you know, some, mm-hmm. it's a little, a little extra stuff. Well, extra stuffing. Or you can get like the mega stuffed Oreo with like the most amount of stuff. It's so, like, <laughs> which Oreo are you picking? So I, I am a double stuffed person. I like, we are, we are double stuffed people in this household. My partner is one to take two double stuff apart and then take both the frosting halves and mix, put them together for a quadruple stuff. And when she does that, I oftentimes will tell her that what she's doing is uh, an affront to God. And that she is, and I'll be like, what you've done here, madam, is a sin. <laughs> I'll be like, you cannot be doing this. And I don't know, like, I forget how, but like this joke started once, but like, she did it once and I was like, that's an abomination. And like, like as though, like, like as though I wasn't eating a whole fucking pack of Oreos. Right, as if, as if I have a whole sleeve of my own. <laughs> but it's it's become this gag between us, where like she's like, "Hey, hey, what do you think about that?" <laughs> and I'll be like, "Madam," <laughs> and I just like react, like, like it's like the Scarlet Letter. I'll be like, "How dare you!" <laughs> but yeah, we are we're double stuff people in this household. I will say this, uh, fair warning, one time my brother is my brother is a crazy Oreo person. Oh, buys whatever the silly nonsense flavor is, he gets it, right? So one time he offers me an Oreo, I'm not paying attention, and I take a bite of it, and yo, instantly shit is going off inside of my mouth. I do not know what it is. It was one of those firecracker Oreos that's Pop Rocks in it. Don't, you gotta warn people when they're eating Pop Rocks. That's not, a, that's not a random thing you want to happen. It's not a good surprise food. It's not a surprise. No, no. Like a surprise chocolatey center. That's one thing. Ooh, a delicious caramel filling. That's nice. Uh, a small explosion of sugar in my mouth is an. It's a no thank you. It's a no thank you for me. Um, that's my Oreo story. <laughs> well, you pick the unofficial correct answer to the question because everybody knows that those stuffed Oreos are the best Oreos. And if you choose anything else, then I do truly feel sorry for you. Yeah, no, if you choose anything else, then I mean, I I guess, you know, I mean, what, like who hurt you? You know, like you choose a single, like if you have the option of double stuff or single stuff and you're like, I'm going the same or the thin Oreo, that's just the I'm lying to myself Oreo. Right? You're just like, oh, I can't wait to have chocolate wafers. Right? Like, <laughs> just, why are you... <clears throat> what are we doing? What are we doing? I don't get the appeal. I don't, I don't, it, it, it's, 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 the, I'm, it's the type of thing where it's one of those products that they make because they know there's, like, you know, some, like, crazy, like, and I hate to stereotype, some, like, crazy housewife who is just like, but they're the thin Oreos, so it's not, like, 
it's not, it's not like eating it's not like eating like a lot of them it's fine you're like no megan that's still a whole bag of oreos but they're thin oreos and you're like <laughs> but there's still so many there's still so many oreos and it's like you're gonna so do it you might as well just 30 bro <laughs> you might as well just go with this it's like eating thin newtons you're like that's still a cookie like just because there's fruit in the center of it doesn't make it healthy it says nutrigrain bar on the side just eat a better cookie bro eat a better cookie fam come on and on that note i defer to christopher to see if there are any questions from the chat we do have a few questions from the chat but i just want to say that it was lovely sitting in the wings just laughing my ass off at this oh, entire so two-hour interview. It's been wonderful. I'm so glad, y'all. Thank you for having me. This has really been a gem. I, two hours blew by. Like, this was this was a very easy chat. Speaking yeah. of chat, give me them questions. Give me them questions. <laughs> All right, we got a few questions from the chat. Let's roll through them. So we, uh, we have one question from Vic here. I had to clarify because I did not know what the question meant, but they said they said that you will know. Are you Team Joel, Team Mike, Team Jonah, or Team Emily? Who the hell is Emily? Team Jonah. I don't. Why do I know that? I don't. I could. I don't. I don't know. I had to clarify. You don't know it. I had to clarify. MST three K. There oh, was. there it is. There it is. Okay. Sorry. At first I was like, why do I know this? Okay. I knew all the names. I'm like, why do I know all of that? <laughs> okay. I'm a Mike T. Nelson. <laughs> I'm the OGs. I remember like watching on Sci-Fi Channel back in the day, man. Like, I remember when the movie came out. Like the the sci the Mr. Sassier 3000, the movie, which is like just all like a one-off episode they decided to make a movie out of. That, that's the winner. I think I think Mike is the one on that one, so that's the answer. All right. Next question: What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, oh boy, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I love karaoke. It's like, as I'm sure you can tell, I don't know surprise. Gather this <laughs> at all? Kind of like attention. Um, my go-to song is "Tribute" by Tenacious D. I've often been known to either remove an article of clothing, climb on top of tables, and or sing to people who are not paying attention to me while that song is on. Sometimes all three at once. Uh, I <laughs> when I quit one of my what what at the time I thought was my last job in food service. <laughs> jokes on me. Um, I uh, we all went out to a karaoke bar and I started singing tribute and there was this one table directly in front of me of these two women who were just like they were just like having a just out having a conversation or whatever but i had enough whiskey in me to be upset that i was singing and these people were not paying attention to me so i definitely like got on this bar table and val you met me for those of you who have not seen me i'm six foot one i'm like over 300 pounds i'm a big person i'm a big person i'm like crawling on this table like singing <laughs> like singing tenacious d at these people not to at them <laughs> um so that's one another one and actually it's funny you mentioned karaoke i met my partner and the night that i met my partner 
I made all of my friends and her go to another bar where I knew they had karaoke and I sang James Brown's Sex Machine. And here we are somehow 12 years later. <laughs> so James Brown and Tenacious D. Those are the two go-tos. I said, oh, feel good now. Yeah, you can do it. It's just fun to do. I did like the split and everything. My friend like draped the coat over me, like the Living in America video. It was actually pretty <laughs> great. <laughs> Living in America. All right. All I'm hearing is I need to go to karaoke with you. I have point. been trying. My dream event truly would be indie wrestling karaoke. That's my dream event. If there's one event that oh, I could do, yes. it would be to host a big indie wrestling karaoke show where we get a bar on board for one major, like, you know, one one of those major, like, weekends and some, you know, I don't know, it doesn't have to be mania, but whatever. It, that's, because I've seen enough videos of wrestlers doing karaoke to know how entertaining it is and know how much fun it would be. And I think enough people would have such a good time with it. And, you know, so anyway, that's my, that's like my dream project. In a, in a dream world, that's where it'd be Brandon Hamilton presents indie wrestling karaoke and we would all have the time of our life. Especially when we got to the point where we sang Black Parade and everyone just started crying and like losing their fucking mind. <laughs> and it would be a special on IWTV. <laughs> just ima- imagine, imagine a sea of wrestling fans like half in the bag. Just, oh, carry on! Like, it'd be the best, man. I'm here Sorry. for it. I am in the middle of tweeting this out because this has to happen. I want it so bad. It's all I want. <laughs> it's all I want in this world. Listen, we can do the bald monkeys present. That is exactly <laughs> what I'm tweeting. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, you got a host now. I'm right here. I'd love to do it. I sing. Sometimes I dance. <laughs> so what are you doing the first weekend in August? <laughs> and how do you feel about Tennessee? <laughs> Ooh. One of my favorite places on this earth is Tennessee. That's not even a joke. I love Tennessee. Like, I have family from Tennessee. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I tell you what, (laughs) I love it down there. Um, I mean, Dolly's from Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Patron saint of everything. Dollywood. Veda knows. Veda Scott knows. Veda and and Speedball Mike Bailey, they know. Dollywood is the best place. (laughs) It is superior to Disney World. Let's do it. I'm tweeting. I'm tweeting. Don't worry. It's out I there now. It. I love it so much. Love it so much. It's I out there it. now. Audience, give it to us. <laughs> Amazing. When when you said tribute, I went into a roll of laughter that <laughs> lasted basically the entire time you started talking about the story of you climbing oh, on the table. I do the whole like. <laughs> like i do like oh man like i've been i've been doing the jack black bit for a long enough time man i love it high kicks and everything love it it's such a fun song okay we're making that happen the bald monkeys presents independent wrestling karaoke hosted by brandon hamilton yes already working out so well for me Okay, uh, let's get to the questions because we might not ever yes. get off the air here. Yes, um, sorry. Don't be sorry. Do you play an instrument? I do. I play. I've. I play guitar. Uh, uh, that is my. That's my the primary instrument that I play. Um, I started playing guitar when I was like, I don't know, like eleven or twelve. Um, yeah, I love it. I have a few 
behind me. You can't see them here, but I have my, I have a few guitars, but my favorites are over here. I have a Telecaster, which my partner bought me as an anniversary present. Um, it was, it was the first really nice guitar that I ever owned. Everything else was kind of like a crappy sort of cheap guitar and uh, they sprung for it. And we were, I forgot where we were. I think we were in South Carolina somewhere. And I found this hole in the wall music shop. And this guy had this sweet piece of guitar um, that now I'm like, I like feel compelled to go be like, yeah, I'm talking about you. <laughs> uh, you over there, the one staring at me, telling me to restring you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also, um, I can keep time on, I would never call myself a drummer. I can keep time on drums. And um, I like to pretend like I know how to play bass like every guitar player does. Mm. Is there a, besides bass, is there any instrument you'd like wish you played? I wish I could play piano every day of my life. Every single day of my life, I wish I played piano. It's, it's, is that or um, uh, viola, which is a slightly larger violin. Um, it's just one of my favorite instruments. Uh, just, just the sound. I, I love string instruments and I love percussion instruments and piano is a percussion instrument and a lot of people don't think of it that way but it is hammering those strings so it's a percussion instrument and so many beautiful sounds you can get out of it uh and as far as the viola goes um like i said string instruments violins and stuff those are just gorgeous gorgeous sound but uh the training process of learning how to play either of those things was not as easy as learning how to play nirvana so mm. here we are mm. oddly oddly enough nirvana easier than chopin who knew mm. crazy right Four, fourth fourth grade B was on team viola somehow. I I, I don't oh, that's awesome. Don't know a lick of it now, but I think they it's, were it's out of violins at the time, so I ended up with a viola. <laughs> they were like, here you go, kid. It's just the, it's it's just like it. <laughs> I took piano lessons for like three or four years. So I'm just really bad with musical instruments. Mm. And so I was just like mm. Yeah, it wasn't, I, I, wasn't for me. I wanted to piano. I wanted to play piano. I've tried to teach myself piano a few times, but I have a really hard time reading music. Um, it's just like I don't know if it's like I don't know what it is, but I just can't follow written music. It's very difficult. Like I understand how it's notation. I get how it's supposed to work, but it doesn't doesn't translate into my brain very well. So guitar was a lot easier. Um, and one of the reasons I like playing guitar is that I love blue. I, I got I became a big uh, I don't know, when I was a teenager, I head over heels in love with blues music, and I just became really big fan of that, and, uh, you know, it's, there's so many different, I don't know, guitar is very versatile, like a piano is, it's a very versatile instrument, so you can do a lot of cool stuff with it. I'm not good, though. I never call myself a good musician. <laughs> awesome. You know you're a musician, when you're like, I'm not good, you're like, yeah, you're, you're definitely a musician. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, we have one last question. It is from our VIP Vic in the chat. It is his staple question. In your opinion, who has the best gear of all time? Hmm. No limitations. No limitations. Interesting question. Now... Because now I'm going to answer this in two ways because we were just talking about music and guitars. So when you say gear, my first thought was who has the best guitar gear of all time? Mm. So the answer there is Van Eddie Van Halen. Whew. Shit is awesome. 
Um, but uh, no, but, but I think when it comes to wrestling gear, okay, this is going to seem like a really weird answer, but hear me out. It's stone cold, but it's because the black trunks are so perfect on him in that stone cold needs literally nothing else. He needs to wear black trunks. I mean, he's got the vest too, and the vest is awesome. Do not be wrong, but he could just wear the black trunks. And that's so, that's just, that That to me, I look at that as it's a statement of character. The way anyone's look should be a statement of their character. It should be a way that you can physically represent it. So I love minimalism in looks. I also love very loud and extravagant. Um, some of my current favorite looks, current favorite people, um, you just had, we were talking before, MSP always look amazing. They just always look incredible. Just always incredible. Um, uh there's okay and this isn't just to blow them all up but a lot of the a lot of the the students coming out of a t2t the wrestling school in brooklyn they all have an incredible sense of look and character so like sassy boat right she always looks really great uh and the money dragon angelo carter he always looks good he's got a he's got a great look and, and aesthetic and stuff um it's really hard to say who has like the best gear of all time it's so difficult to whittle it down because, like I said, I'm like at first I'm like, it's a good answer. Stone Cold, man. What a great answer. Because he doesn't have gear. That's what's so cool about it. And I'm like, well, actually, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> like, remember that time Rusev came out with a tank? That was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's tough. And then the vanity answer. Me. I have the best gear of all time. I always look good. I always be bringing the thunder. Oh, shit. Effie's jacket. Damn it. There's a lot of good people. <laughs> See, I... I always like Willow Nightingale's gear. I think her gear. Willow she, like, always looks fabulous. It's very much maybe just to my aesthetic and it, it's bright and colorful, which I love. Mm. There's sparkles. Who doesn't love it sparkles? It matches her. It's, it's exactly what I was just saying before. Willow's gear matches Willow. Like Willow is a is an absolute gem. One of, Such a sweet person. She was at, at Showabunga. What a sweet person. Truly, truly. Actually, the first time I met her was the night I met you in Texas. She was on the show before that, and 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 I briefly got just saw her and was like, "Oh, hi, how are you?" And I introduced myself to her and I let her know, "Hey, you're doing the show for Wrestlers Lab. I'm gonna be there then. This nice to meet you." Um, what what a doll, what a doll she is. Um, oh, also uh, Ziggy, Ziggy Heim, Ziggy Heim. Talk about a person who thinks about, who really thinks about their look and what they're going to come and, and, how, and what they're going to come out from the curtain with and, and what they're going to bring to the table. Like she always comes correct. Like she's, she's got gear for days. She always comes correct. Like she, and again, just, just that, that show, Bunga show, she came out wearing uh gear that had the water tribe from avatar sort of look to it. And I was like, that's fucking rad. Like what a great, what a cool thought to have, man. So yeah. So I'm like I'm like in this camp of like either super minimalistic nothing, like um, you know who has a minimalistic gear that I really like? Travis Huckabee. Travis is one of those guys. Minimalism comes out to the ring, ready to fuck someone's day up. We love Travis Huckabee. He's a gem. Um, that's another one for the uh, pull the cord. You're a gem, or he's they're there a gem. That's another one that I tell people all the time. You're a gem, darling. I love you. Um, yeah. Thank you, Vic, for your lovely question. And for my rambling answer. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, thank you, chat, for those questions. And Brandon, thank you. Thank, chat. you. thank you so much, everyone, for hanging out with us. Yeah, we much appreciate you answering those questions. And uh, Val, it's back to you. 
So this is the wrap up section of the evening where you tell me what your upcoming shows are and where we can where we can see you. All right. Okay. So let's see. You can find me. Um, where can you find me? Um, so I do have a show this this month. I have a show with New World Wrestling Extreme that is happening in uh, Bridgewater, Massachusetts. I will be working the commentary table there. Uh, then after that, yes, very fun. Then after that, in July, I will be working as part of RSW's uh, two days at the Stonington Fair here in Connecticut, which is going to be very fun. We had a really great time last year doing the Stonington Fair with uh, RSW. Uh, that was actually a really fun day. That was my first uh, like country fair event, and it was just it was very exactly what you want it to be i think is the best way to put it um and then uh yeah those are the next two sh two main shows i got going on then uh in between that i have a lot of production gigs so i am doing a lot of production gigs these days uh this coming weekend i'm going to be in new jersey with gopro uh doing uh getting getting some getting some production work in and then i have another couple of shows in july as well where i'll be doing that so a little less come see brandon but that's where i'll be and then you can always find me on the twitter.com at the ham tweets, uh, where I do things like apparently go viral because Alien Ant Farm is playing near me. And uh, how is that like the like that? Like, what a nonsense tweet for everyone to decide they wanted to have an opinion on. Like, I was like, folks, like, this was a joke. This was a bit. Like, how is it just going this hard? I'm still getting notifications. It's been a day. <laughs> I mean, I chimed in. <laughs> you did. And I, I, but like, you were the like level of person I thought was going to chime in. Like, there are people, <laughs> like, this doesn't happen to me that often where like randos start like just the commenting on stuff. And I feel like we've reached the point now where like it's been shared enough times that someone's not going to under, like, who knows nothing about me is going to be like, obviously, the choice you make is to go with your friend who is kindly inviting you to go somewhere. Why don't millennials care about the way their friends treat? Like, I, I'm, like, waiting for that. Like, I've been waiting for that to happen because I'm, like, it's been shared, like, more than 10 times. And it's not, I'm not tooting my own horn here, folks. This is a really dumb tweet I put out. For backstory, a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to go see Alien Ant Farm open for the Baja Men. It is the year of our Lord, 2022. And that was a question that was phrased to me yesterday. And now you saw me like I got to get serious there for you guys to know what I have enjoyed a lot of people asking me if I have a time machine and I want you to know if I had a time machine, why would that be my choice? Why would my choice be Baja men and nothing against either of those bands, but if you have a time machine and that's what you choose to do with it, you should not have gotten the time machine. There's other people that deserve it. <laughs> You wasted it. You wasted your time waste, machine. You wasted the time. Of all the concerts you could have gone to with a time machine, you wasted it. We wasted the good surprise on you. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. This has been so much fun. I've really been having such a good time. <laughs> well, it's been... I've had a blast. It's been super fun for me. We this clearly... Yeah. Just... Any, dude, anytime <laughs> you ever have a guest that drops out, anything at all you ever need to take you just let me know i'm here in a heartbeat this was so much fun well thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight i've had a blast you are just dynamic and delightful and stop, stop. 
wonderful. And I can't wait to run into you again someday. I cannot um, wait to, 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 to randomly bump into you at another show. Like, what a time that was. And I cannot wait. Um, thank you for having me. Bald Monkeys Podcast, uh, uh, Wrestling Podcast Network, thank you for hosting the show. It was very nice of you guys to have us here. Everybody at YouTube, uh, uh, thanks for building a website for us to be on. I'm doing my Oscar speech now. I want to thank the Academy. Uh, I want to thank my, my, my mom and my dad and my other mom. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I want to thank Cat's Deli for making a really good pastrami sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, once again, plug any and all of your social medias. If you have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, OnlyFans, TikTok, a merch mm, store. I should get OnlyHams going. Um, you, if you have uh, a podcast drop your Venmo in your cash app, like, you know, whatever you need. Well, folks, like I said, you can find me on Twitter at the ham tweets. You can find me on Instagram at the Brandon Hamilton. Uh, those are my two main social medias that I use. Um, if you feel so inclined as to ever give me money, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> um, I do have on my Twitter bio, uh, there is a, a link to my brain buster tea store where I do have some designs uh, that I have up there. Um, I haven't added one in a while, but I do have some fun ones. Like the My Hammy Vice one is always fun. I also have one that I enjoy uh, uh, that is to Han Halen, like a Van Halen symbol. I thought it was cool. I don't think anybody else cares, but I love Van Halen. So it doesn't matter. I, ba- I basically made that shirt so I could buy it. <laughs> Which I do feel like a lot of wrestlers do that anyway. Um, so that's it, folks. Um, find me on Twitter and Instagram and, uh, you know, Tell your favorite promoter to book the ham on their next show because your show could also use somebody who's professionally loud and really adorable. Super adorable. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. Thank you everybody in chat for being here and watching us and giving us some cool questions. Make sure to tune in next week right here on the Action Wrestling YouTube where I will be circling back with the creative director of New Wave Pro, Mr. Earl Joseph. And that is ahead of their show on July 2nd. I think it's called Mob Rules. I should have double-checked it, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. And I get to go. I actually get to go to the show in Indiana, which I'm very excited about. So be sure to come back next week and listen to that. Thank you once again, Brandon, for hanging out with me tonight. You have been absolutely wonderful. And thank you, everybody, for hanging out as well. Thank you, everybody. It was such a wonderful time. Thank you guys for having me.